it so you just, uh, it says we are live. It says preparing. Let me see. I think we're on. Are we on? I think we are on. Can we're anybody on. see us? Anybody in the chat see us out there? Uh, it says it's streaming. Uh, hit refresh. Make sure they can see us before oh, we start. No. Please, guys. please didn't go to the wrong link. I think we're guys. live on the wrong link. <laughs> no, we're live. Oh, my God. They're just watching us. Nice. <laughs> you guys ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Welcome back to another episode of Everything uh, EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. I'm your guest host, Chaney Moore, a member of the Writer Company and prognosticator of all things EOS. With me today, I've assembled a master class of sleuths and chills that are here with me today. But before I make that introduction, you know the drill. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. It's how all those poor plebes out there that don't know anything about EOS make their way to this amazing show and the promised land. So are you ready for the most epic episode in history? I hope so. Let's move on. First, hailing from the frigid wasteland of Canada, but joining us today from his yacht on an undisclosed Mediterranean island, the shill with no chill, the man with a $10 trillion plan, the Max Shill. Max, say a few <laughs> words to your adoring fans out there. Oh, you know, I'm just uh, glad to be here to be the voice of reason and uh, keep Eve in check from not going too all out here and uh, be reasonable. Be reasonable. That's what Max I love to hear. the voice of reason. Max is the voice of reason. Also with us today, hailing from Canada, his Canadian brother from another mother, his Canadian brother from another province, coming us from the heavyweight division of block producers and the number one voted BP on EOS, the tweeter of exciting and speculative goodies, Eves Say bonjour. Yeah, give a shout out to Cheney because this has to be the best intro I've ever heard on, Come on, uh, on everything EOS. It's amazing. I'm uh, very <laughs> happy to be here today and discuss all things EOS. Thank you very much for having us. We are happy to have you here. And finally, of course, the man that needs no further intro, the super sleuth himself, the Sherlock Holmes of EOS, the host with the most, and the guy that has it all, Mr. Zach Gall. <laughs> I Thanks just for wanna, having us here today. Zach. I Yeah, I, I appreciate all you guys coming, and I am apologies <laughs> to everyone in the live audience. We had like 95 people waiting at the original link. It did exactly what I was worried about. The link changed whenever I pushed the live button. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, so hopefully, since this intro is a little bit long, people can catch up and uh, find their way to the new channel. Um, just for anyone watching in the live audience, please share the new link to the video and, and Telegram and anywhere in the comments on the voice post. I apologize for uh, the link getting mixed up there. It's a, a Zoom live stream issue. Dan, you got to introduce yourself, man. Oh, I already did. It's Chaney, <laughs> everybody knows me. Come on, right? No, uh, Chaney. No one recognizes you without the stash. Uh, yeah, the man without the master stash. I agree. Uh, I'm currently uh, a, a writer and a business member of. Uh, the writer company so um we'll talk about more that more later all right so i think we we got to kind of just ease into the topics for today I, I think we could start this off by saying like where we've been for the last couple months at least maybe even you can go back to a year uh the lack of spark in the eos community it's kind of it, it's kind of been boring i'd say for a little bit now uh there's still stuff being built uh, but I, I think what's been going on is people are kind of looking outside of the ecosystem, seeing some of the stuff happening on Ethereum and DeFi. They're getting a little upset looking around, like what, what's going on here? Um, we talked about this before we went on the, on the show. And like, I personally point to 
uh, around this time last year when Brendan and Dan uh, got off of Telegram. When they left Telegram and stopped talking with the community, I, I think it kind of like took the wind out a little bit because like me and Rob used to follow all of that stuff and talk about it. Anytime Dan would come in and say something, we'd have something to talk about for a week. It wouldn't matter. Even if Dan was going on about his vaccine stuff and we were like making fun of him or whatever, it's something to talk about. It's engagement. Making fun of people is what a community is. Like we make fun of each other on this call. Like we all have our little characters in the EOS community. Shout out Rude Mud Crab, even you Wilfra. Uh, like there's just these characters in the community and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes us exciting. Like I'm, I've been here this entire time since 2017 and I, I love everyone in the community and I'm glad uh, for the people who are still here. Uh, but the sparks come back recently. I feel like, I feel like it's gotten exciting again in the last couple of weeks. And I, that's what we're going to get into here. And we're going to get into our reasonings. Why, why, why do you guys think it, it or do you guys agree with me there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, I, totally. I mean, it was like, you know, we had, we built a relationship, right? We spent 2017, 2018, first half of 2019, talking back and forth, communicating, talking about EOS, talking about EOSIO. We, you know, we had a, had a partnership. They were like, you know, we had a, a method for communicating and whether it's because of the SEC agreement, whether it's because of B1 legal, whether it's because of, of some other concerns about trying to secure, you know, $4 billion to make sure it's there to use in the future, fine. But that disappeared that part of the community disappeared. And Dan put out a tweet not too long. He says, I entirely agree. Tech without community is nothing. What kind of community waits around for someone else to make their token valuable? It's time for the EOS community to step up and block one will do his part as an EOS community member. Fuck that. You know what, <laughs> Dan, you were here first. Brendan, you were here first. You were here before Block One was a member of the community. We were a community together, okay? And you guys disappeared off the face of the earth and it was all hashtag EOSIO, okay? Maybe that was good for us in the long run because you secured the capital. But you know what? It sure as hell pissed the majority of us off in the short run, okay? That's all I had to say. I'll let you go. I, uh, I actually, I th so the tweet you're referring to, when I first read it, I took it exactly as, 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 I would imagine you just took it based on, on the little rant that you did. Sure. Um, when I thought about it a little bit more, going back to how Dan writes, I don't think that was meant to say, I, and, and maybe Dan is not the best person. I don't think that was meant to put it on the community's shoulders. When I kept reading, the first time I read it, it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. After rereading it more and more, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I think he's actually saying like, yes, let's do this together, guys. I think he was trying to rile us up and like, we're a team. Um, and, but it, it failed. It failed attempt. <laughs> Max. Yeah, I think, I think anyone that, that was disappointed, it's, when you're disappointed about something, it's based off of expectations, right? And People have to remember, I mean, just building a video game, a AAA video game, it takes two, three, four years sometimes. So how how fast did these guys expect Block One to change the world, right? It's 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 unrealistic expectations that, in my opinion, caused a disappointment. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been disappointed personally because I feel like my expectations was it's going to take five, six years for, for this to all blow up, right? So, I don't know if it was expectations for me. I think it was, you know, the expectations had been set all along. The expectation was sharing. The expectation was talking. The expectation was a discourse in the community. And when they shut down Telegram 
And then they even stopped communicating on Twitter and even writing a bunch of stuff about what their plans were for EOS. You know, it, we felt like we had the rug pulled out from underneath us and we felt like, um, you know, we'd been blocked. Uh, yeah. You know, essentially. It did continue they, writing though. It maybe just wasn't needed, in a format that you could read. GitHub it wasn't has been in a format every single day. It wasn't every, in a format that you could communicate with. The most of the I time, disagree. Okay. GitHub is a format that we can communicate with and block one has been writing every single day for the last two and a half years. GitHub is a format where you, the BP, can communicate with block one. Developers as well. I, I'm not a developer. Here I am doing a podcast. Here I am writing. You know what? Then someone failed in the communication, whether that was BPs or developers or what. But that, that was gone. You know, Brendan Bloomer wasn't in GitHub telling me about what's happened like he was the previous two years. It was just a change. It, it like was like a switch was turned one day and it may, maybe it was the SEC, but it was like a, at one point a, a switch was flipped and the, the communication changed. I, I, like we can argue about the specifics of what changed, but something changed at some point in the last year. And very recently, uh, there's been a spark. And uh, thank you for all, we're over 100 people in the live stream. And I know since we left the channel, I lost all those likes you guys gave. So if you guys can give it a little little thumbs up, we'll get into this. And I'll get into what started this spark. We're lingering around. So I, I don't like to talk about price, but we're about to get into Max's uh, spark here. And we're lingering around in like the $2.50, $2.60, $2.40 range. And all of a sudden, Max show makes a post on the EOS Raider, and he makes a bold prediction. He predicts conservative. a 10, 10 conservative prediction. Conservative prediction. A $10 trillion market cap. But Max, why only $10 trillion? Why, why, why did you stop at $10 trillion? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a reasonable man. You know, I, I don't exaggerate. I, uh, I just make accurate, correct predictions, right? And uh, $10 trillion, it may sound like a lot, right? It sounds insane, but that's there's two sides to eat to that equation. It's not just about EOS, what EOS does; it's about what the U.S. dollar does, right? So, what what's the U.S. dollar going to do in the next ten years? Well, it, value is determined by what supply and demand, right? So, the supply side is getting flooded by printers going crazy, right? And that's for the foreseeable future. And then the the demand side. Most of the demand for the U.S. dollar, it's uh, it's in the world trade, denominated in the U.S. dollar, and uh, it's in countries' debt being denominated in U.S. dollar. And uh, you can bet your ass that countries are trying to find a solution to, to get out of that system, right? So that's tens of trillions of dollars of demand for the U.S. dollar that will probably evaporate in the next, you know, 10, 20 years at some point. And uh, so you combine those two factors that's extremely bearish and everything in 10 years might be worth many trillions of dollars. We don't know, right? There's something's going to happen. So, so that's that side of the equation. And then you got EOS and uh, you know, what are countries going to replace the USD with? It's obviously crypto, right? It's, it's the, it's the next evolution of money. Like anybody, anybody that uses crypto knows it's going to be a cryptocurrency. That's going to like be the base of, trade around the world right man I, so, I, I you answered this a whole different way than i thought you're, you're actually serious about this 10 trillion dollar no i get so many messages thinking I'm, I'm joking around no i'm dead seriously you know and it's 
it's a bold prediction for sure, but I don't think it's it's impossible, right? It's 10 years is a long time, and the U.S. dollar to me is very bearish, and EOS is extremely bullish, right? We, I, I just said that obviously crypto is going to take over the world. It's the next evolution of money. Every type of money ever has had an expiration date. And uh, so why, why EOS? Well, you know, in the future, there's going to be successful centralized cryptos and successful decentralized cryptos, right? We know there's going to be successful decentralized ones. The, the market has spoken on that or BTC would not have value. And then that, I mean, the, the one with the best technology is, is EOS. I mean, it's, I mean, Dan Larimer is, is experienced and is genius. It's not often stated enough in, in the crypto community, right? He built BitShares in 2014. That's one year before Ethereum. Do people understand how amazing that achievement is of building that in 2014? I mean, he, he, he's a genius. And he invented the first lateral-backed stablecoin, and then some of the people that worked uh, within BitShares to create the BitUSD, they went on to found MakerDAO, which is one of the biggest projects on Ethereum right now. So it did a, lo a lot of this DeFi revolution that we've been seeing over the last two years. I, I do agree that you can go back to 2014 and, and look at that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to cut you off on your $10 trillion prediction because people want to hear about what's what's to come here. And uh, so a couple other things happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Eve, you, you've been crazy on Twitter. We're going to grill you about that here soon. Uh, Brendan uh, lit up Twitter uh, using some EOS hashtags. And then Cheney kind of put it all together on another voice article. Uh, Cheney, why don't you, uh, are you able to share your screen here? We can kind of yeah, just walk yeah. through it and then we'll kind of discuss all of these talking points. Sure. I'll, I'll do that. And, and just real quick, we'll do a, just shout out to some people that, um, they're asking us questions and making comments uh, real quick. You've got uh, Adriana Mendez, uh, Cypher Glass, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Out there saying, you know, even herself, I'm fine committing the time, but not when it seems like they abandoned the network. There you go. You know, here we have Cypher Glass, a, a block producer. You know, your old alma mater, a little bit, Zach. And and, uh, and here we are, BP even has concerns about bailing on the network. Uh, that's a short period of time. Then we have uh, another one here, Max, uh, declaring that you're the new Rob. So $100 bet, $100 to $10 trillion market cap. Yeah. All right. So everybody see the screen? We got it here. Yeah, you can zoom it in a little bit. Zoom it uh, in a little bit. Yeah, on the top right and hit the ellipses and you could zoom in a little bit. Zoom in a little. You tell me where you like it. That's good. Uh, back, back. Dang it. I can't see enough of it now. Perfect. That's good. Yeah. All right. So you're right. So real quickly, what we did is we were talking about, you know, what's going on in the market. We started seeing some positive tweets, some part positive information. And so we try to go back and look at what happened recently, what's changed. And, and honestly, uh, I believe, and we'll talk about it in a minute, I'll get to it, but I believe potentially there's been maybe a, a change. Maybe the SEC agreement is over. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe B1 legal team just decided that we're out of, out of any sort of uh, trouble here and that maybe, maybe Brendan, maybe Dan could start using the EOS hashtag and maybe start talking to the EOS community a little bit there. Eves, I see you making a little bit of a, a, a face over there. I'm Do you disagree with that? I'm going to continue making faces in Go order for to project my thoughts throughout I see that. this show. 
and people are actually screen capturing them and then sending me private messages to tell me <laughs> about the faces that I'm making in response to the comments that you're making. So I'll so, continue doing so that. Do you think, do you yeah, why think, don't you chime in? You haven't said much, Eve. Do you Let's... think there's been something that stopped B1 recently, that previously, and that has changed that now that they can come forward and, and really start communicating using yes. US hashtag again? What's changed? A combination, I think, of everything that you've mentioned a time and place, people, so, and I'll, I'll really give a little bit of context here. I think the way that I'm reading the comments that people are making, the way that I'm reading the feedback based on the tweets that I'm making or that Brendan's making or that Dan's making or whoever's making right now, I think people have the tendency right now to point it to one thing and just one thing. Like it must be one thing, but when you, look at the bigger picture, it's multiple pieces falling along into place that are creating something that is much bigger than its parts. And yes, those individual pieces, some of them in particular are insane. That it really is crazy and it's amazing in its own right. But what's more amazing is everything coming together. And, and that's what I think uh, is lost a little bit in the rumors and the projections and the shills right now. It's, there must be a one thing, it's gonna be a one, you know, one news, one announcement, one piece of information, then that's, that's going to do everything together. And really, if you've ever read, uh, for example, Tipping Point uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, it's a time and a place where everything in a way kind of aligns together, but there's not one piece of information necessarily that, that linked everything, but yes, that particular time and place then just put everything together. And we are, in my opinion, at that time and place right now. Okay. For well, multiple I, I, reasons. And certain things are public and certain things aren't public. Um, gotcha. And as a number one ranked VP, <laughs> imagine that when, well, whether, whether it's us or whoever's in, in ranking, you can imagine that if enterprises are looking for consultation or they're looking to do something, who are they going to reach out to? The natural person you're going to reach out to are the people that are out there and that, that are, you know, that, that have been trusted or that have been, um, you know, vouched by the community. And so, yeah, we hear a lot of information from different sources. And then my capacity and, and part of our greatest superpower is putting all of that information together and seeing, holy shit, this is what's happening. This is the direction that we're, that we're going in. And over the last two years, um, for, for those who have been following, You've never heard me shill about anything. Like, give me a break. I'm, I'm always very conservative. So if I now suddenly change, something must be going on. And a big part of what I've been saying over the last two and a half years is that we've been laying the foundations. We're putting up the plumbing. We're laying out the electrical. We're, you know, putting the plywoods up for the walls. We're, we're putting the insulation. If you live in Canada, you need some insulation between the walls. Um, and it, we are at a point right now where that's done and we're now finally designing the kitchen. We're putting pictures up on the wall. We're actually painting. We're choosing the color. And some of this stuff is just insane what's coming together. So um, enough with the metaphors, Eve. What's coming? <laughs> well, so there, okay. So there is one. So you asked, and this is not necessarily for block one. And another thing, everybody thinks that whatever I'm referring to has to do with block one. That's, I'm not sure why that would be the case. It does not exclude that maybe block one is doing things, but why does everything have to do with block one? There are other players in the ecosystem other than block one. Uh, one piece of information, which doesn't necessarily relate, Cheney, to what you just said in terms of why 
Brendan then may have started to uh, or started re-engaging with the community on, on in social media. But one piece of information that people seem to have missed, which is really significant when you understand what it implies, uh, and maybe somebody wants to pull this up on screen, um, USDT, USDT EOS, it's been a thing on the mainnet for a year and a half. Maybe I'm not sure exactly when the, the, the funds were deployed, but about $5 million were deployed. I think it's about a year ago. I think it's when EOS Finex um, was in preparation for the first launch of EOS Finex. $5 million worth of USDT EOS was printed and was put on chain. That $5 million has sat idle for a year. Literally, nobody's used it. I think we were, as EOS Nation, one of our, one of our founding members, Denis, had something like $300 worth, and he was literally the largest holder of USDT. Okay? Two weeks ago, in one day, 40% of that $5 million moved. And since then, every single day, we've seen massive volume of movements. We have a, an SX pool, a swap.sx pool. And in the last two weeks or so, we've been averaging more than $100,000 of volume per day, every day on $50,000 liquidity. We've had some days where we've had more than $350,000 worth of volume. This is all on chain. This is all public. What could that mean? And how does that relate? Why is that exciting? We are now in a place where, for example, with Ethereum, with all of this DeFi going on, a lot of the money or and a lot of the money that's being made or a lot of the hype is money being recycled in the ecosystem, people making fees when that money transacts, pools being set up and being able to offer ridiculous APRs, 130%, 180%, even more than that, um, at a minimum 80%, 90% APR. And all it is is money shifting around, creating opportunities, which then those opportunities attract external capital to come in. Everybody's missed that two weeks ago, $2.2 million got used for the first time in under 24 hours. And that since then, every single day, that amount has been transacting. We are in a position now where Bitfinex or, or whoever, but it's gonna be Bitfinex the issuer, will have no choice but to issue more USDT on EOS, more liquidity on EOS. So EOS is a liquid token, but liquidity on EOS has been an issue over the last two years. And we've seen that in the last two weeks that has actually depleted liquidity pools. I think it was last Friday, we literally ran out of USDT on EOS. There was no more USDT on EOS. You couldn't, you couldn't find it anywhere. We were running out of money because people had money to spend. They wanted to put it in projects and they could not. And if you understand how important that is and how significant of a change that is, a change that is within EOS, you'd be excited as I am. And that's just one thing. And that's one thing that I can share because it's on chain and everybody can check it out. So, so the things you can't share, Eve, what's the, what's the worst case scenario? The I mean, you spend can... an afternoon in court just explaining to a judge why you said these things. I mean, in return, you, you please thousands of adoring fans. I mean, I think it's worth it, worth it to spill the beans. Well, so obviously, again, because we're a BP, when when corporations or when government entities or educational institutions reach out, we're privy to a lot of that because they want to know, hey, I'm thinking of deploying X on EOS or I'm thinking of doing this on EOS. How would I do it? Can I hire you to help me out? Um, you know, what should I know? Who should I talk to? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so we're privy to a, a lot of things. And over the last two to three weeks, there's been a, a significant uptake 
in, um, in people reaching out, in institutions reaching out, in institutions who work with other institutions making partnerships and that having a, a potential significant impact on EOS. Uh, and, it, and we've literally seen an uptake in the last two to three weeks in amount of people signing partnerships uh, that we are either made aware of um, and we're talking about significant capital. If you take that as my token is going to moon or whatever, that's on you. I can't, I'm not going to speculate on that. In terms of people deploying on EOS, in terms of partnership being made on EOS and not EOS IO, on the main net, there's, there, there's some significant um, things that are that are coming, which are extremely exciting. I'll let you off the hook here. Just a question, though: How did these governments, how did these entities, how did these other communities find out about EOS? Is somebody a really good question. going out and telling them? Yeah. So okay, I'll I'll share one piece of information without going into super detail. Um, EOS Nation is on is a board member of certain. Um, how can I put it? Uh, entities at the municipal, provincial, and federal level here within Canada, which have a mandate to work on um, the digitalization, if that's a word, of uh, government infrastructure. Uh, and we've been a part of these things, uh, the, these boards, I guess, for a while. And EOS is the only token that is represented or the only project that is represented because it's the only one that is capable of actually being utilized within um, regulatory bodies uh, and, uh, and I guess, yeah, pub public, uh, public well, services. Yeah. So how do they know about it? Well, it's a combination. All, like one thing that's public that we've been uh, working on for a very long time, which is also one of the key pieces of information in all of this, is that EOS Nation has a, um, a partnership with universities within uh, Quebec. The University of Sherbrooke in particular. Uh, I don't know if Max knows of the University of Sherbrooke. It's just a university. No, in, I, went to, university. I went to the University of Montreal. All right. Okay. So University of Montreal is one of the other members that we're talking of, for example. And over the last year, we've had an, we, we've had a, an internship program. So on the fourth year of uh, software engineering's uh, of software engineering students um, uh, bachelor program, the fourth year is an internship program. And we've had 14 students with us over the last year, the whole year full-time, um, they're doing an internship at EOS Nation. And they code for us, they're, they're developing projects for us. There's, there's two different groups of seven students doing amazing work for over the last year. Um, and they heard about it because we applied for these programs. And because we applied for those programs, then it gets funded by the government. And because it gets funded by the government, then the government starts asking questions. Hey, what am I funding? And what is this EOS? And then that leads to one thing, that leads to another. And then you get pulled into deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. But this is not something that can happen on Bitcoin or on Ethereum because you can't actually do anything with those. So now our university network, for example, is expanding to more than one university, more students. And the projected number by the end of this year is potentially to have 75 to 100 students that are graduating every year on EOSIO as part of the official curriculum in order to graduate as an engineering student. Now we have a roadmap for this, but over the last, let's say four months or so, there's been some key uh, moments and, and key pieces of, of uh, I guess, or key events that have really created a tipping point in this. And this is another piece of information, for example, that 
explains or I guess can answer your question of how did they hear about it? So like a lot of it is this ecosystem has been alive for two and a half years and work has been done in the background to lay out foundations and those foundations are starting to pay off. But those foundations are unsexy for the average user. Like, I don't care about plumbing and electrical, but without the plumbing and electrical, you're never going to get to actually standing up walls and putting pictures on the walls. We're right now starting to put pictures on the walls. So Good again, job. it's not one piece of information. It's multiple things coming together that are creating this environment that is just insane. Oh yeah. And you just used the word foundation and in our live chat, shout out to Kevin Rose uh, of block one, formerly EOS New York. And that's something I want to ask about Eve, because I haven't heard a whole lot about what is, what, do you know anything about the EOS foundation? We max asked like who's supposed to talk to these businesses. And it's great to hear that there's block producers like you. I know EOS Costa Rica does a lot. And I know there's a lot of other block producers that are doing things. I'm sorry. I, I can't call you all out. But uh, most other blockchains do have some sort of foundation body and they kind of act as like a, a centralized voice, yes. But it's something that EOS has not had, but very recently since the PBE was formed, uh, the idea uh, that has been thrown around for two years now is of an EOS alliance or what's now called the EOS foundation. Uh, even back when EOS New York was still a block producer, they were pushing the idea of the EOS DAO. So what are your thoughts on, on an organization or body like this? And what value do you think they're gonna be able to add to the ecosystem? I think, uh, and I mentioned this before, one of the paradigms that we've had to fight with in EOS from the very beginning is that EOS is not decentralized. And so for the first year or so, a lot of the FUD, a lot of the media that we were getting and a lot of the attention we were getting was that EOS was centralized, EOS was centralized. And so we it, it naturally, to fight back, we, we showcased how EOS wasn't centralized and how it was decentralized. And we actually decentralized ourselves even more than we were. But within that time space, what we lost is that centralization, decentralization is a spectrum. It's not an on or off switch. You're not either or. Certain components are more centralized. Certain components are more decentralized. For example, the, the main code creation of EOSIO is centralized in B1. But within B1, there are pockets of centralizations, teams that perhaps are more core component of that and teams that are less component of that. Um, and, and throughout this whole space, we really, again, like I said, we push towards decentralization is so important. What we lost is in centralization, in certain aspects, there are efficiencies. So for me, the idea of a foundation, the idea of a DAO uh, or, or a group that would be in a way uh, set up to be a focal point of communication, in my opinion, is extremely positive. Not only for communication aspects, it might have other features or other, or other uh, I guess, um, uh, components that, could, it, that it could add to its tool belt in, in, in terms of what it provides to the ecosystem. Uh, but the idea of a, of a in a way, centralized entity, which may be composed of decentralized people and the way that it is set up could be decentralized, but it ends up still being one entity, the EOS foundation, would be very beneficial, I think, to the ecosystem. Because one of the things that we have is information that is scattered throughout. And so when you do reach out, and I reach out to journalists all the time, they write an article, they're clearly missing in some information. So not 
not is it malicious that they're trying to, to, to create some FUD, but they're basing it off of, of, of old information and they didn't know really where to go get that information. I think a big part of that would be solved in this. If we had one area that everybody knew, you could just go there and get some information, whether or not you agree with the project or whether or not the piece that you're trying to write or the work that you're trying to do would be negative, irrelevant, at least you would have accurate information. So I think that that's one key component of the foundation that I do hope to see. Uh, another key part of the foundation or of this group that, that seems to be uh, materializing is that Block One does have a group now that is engaging with the community, that is engaging with the block producers, that is engaging with the mainnet in particular. So going back to uh, Cheney's point of what's changed, we can definitely see that since uh, the PPE group has been set up, that there's been a focus on EOS mainnet and less so on hashtag EOSIO or other EOSIO iterations. So that is one key component, I think, that, that has helped, um, I guess, move that trend along or, or helped shift that, that, that uh, basically the, the, the direction of all right, Kevin, we're calling you out. What else they're going to do? Kevin, Kevin, come on, man. We're asking you right now. Come on the show. We're pointing the finger at you. Come on. Tell us a little bit about, about the foundation. Come talk to us. Come on here and, and talk about the PBE and, uh, you know, chat a little bit. Sit down. Don't do it through, uh, through Telegram. Don't do it through a voice. Don't do it on uh, wherever you'd like to do it. Come sit down. Let the, let, the, let the good community see your face again. It's been too long. I think he needs to accumulate EOS before he does that. I think that's his plan. He's staying quiet, accumulating. <laughs> uh, no, he said message received. He's, he's good. There you go. He's <laughs> good to go. We, we talked. So we, we went in a little different direction. I thought we were going to get speculative. Let's get back. So All right. We're, we're All right. Too yeah, speculative. This we, was, this yeah, we was were, good. We were, we were. But uh, the, you, you were saying that it's not one thing, Eve. And yeah, it's multiple you're right. Things. It's a big combination of things. And things are still being built. Roads are still being paved. But the reason for there being a hard date in everyone's mind. And that date was August 15th for just something to be expected. No one knows what it is except for voice opening up to the global community. Everyone knew that that's what's happening on August 15th. The one thing that stirred everyone up to think it's something more is Brendan Bloomer on Twitter. I can't wait for August at voice social hashtag EOS. That is what started a lot of this. And he, he didn't have to add that EOS hashtag and it got people like me all excited. It got Max excited. He's writing $10 trillion. Got Cheney angry. So that is what started it. And then Eve getting on Twitter and being all bullish. Uh, uh, hold on a second. My first tweet was well before Brendan's first tweet about this. <laughs> and my tweet never referred to August 15th. So let's right. please separate the two. Yeah. Uh, if actually you go back in timeline, Brendan started piggybacking off of my tweets and not the other way around. I don't know. Let's go back to August 1st. We've been preparing for the last two and a half years. Won't it feel good to know you've held on? Yeah. We, we're there when it happened. This is what dreams yeah. are made of. Yeah. EOS about to take over the internet in an unprecedented sure. way. We're about yes. to witness the capital I stand migration. By all of those comments. The likes which have not been seen in our lifetime. On which side <laughs> of sure. history will you find yourself? Yeah. I Even know Max where I stand. That. 
with ten yields. trillion dollars U.S. economy uh, and the and the current uh, reserve uh, currency of the world. Max even touched upon that. Yes, uh, I learned about more that. good news and partnerships today. Things are moving. He partnerships. How do you partner with 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 EOS? I mean, what? you have you know you where you have, have you a, been for the last two and a half you years? How do you partner with EOS? Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, it's a decentralized community. Where where does the partnership come from? Who do you who do you I, sign an agreement with EOS about? You don't sign an agreement. Oh, okay. That's not how it works. You can't sign an agreement with 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 a network that is decentralized. I must say, I agree. I'm, it's I'm a partnership, to... though. But you can sign partnerships with particular BPs to help bring whatever ah. project to the EOS mainnet. That is a thing. Yes. You gave us time for bear. I hope you're ready. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I knew when I was coming on this show. I'm screwed. It's fine. What? 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 <laughs> Go what for are... it. What have we prepared for and what are we ready for? Are you, are you talking about, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, people are, are interpreting this as are our bags packed because things are going to start happening, which may or may not impact the price, but that's the way it was. What it was kind taken. of bag are you referring to? What, what, a bag what of, mean by bag? there's no hashtag <laughs> of EOS there, but that was the assumption. Ah, uh, so when you assume you make an ass mm -hmm. out of you and me. Uh, well, certainly you. But and the community. So okay, so I've, I've I've been following along these messages, and I'll just put that out there. If you think that Block One is taking one hundred forty thousand Bitcoin and giving you five <laughs> out of it next week, I don't know if that's going to happen. But the likelihood of that happening in my books is zero. So if that's what it takes for you to be satisfied, I believe you will not be satisfied. That's unrealistic. Okay, so let's put that out there. I've seen my face put on jesus images uh and saying that if jesus christ is not resurre resurrected next week that it was a letdown i think that's an unexpected uh, unrealistic i think uh a bar and and you're just always going to be disappointed if that's really your bar i don't uh, think anybody expects really to actually, receive no, five do. bitcoin that's if the they thing do. is that people do so i need to put uh, that out there because i think it needs to be realistic expectations well, anyone that's that could happen should start farming yams all right that's how yeah. stupid they are well so here you go here, here's the point where you have the chance to clarify exactly what the intent was of of you've been warned you know you 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 know you've got plenty of time to prepare i hope you're ready sure. what sure. are you hoping we are ready for and what were we supposed to do to prepare I don't think you're supposed to do anything to prepare other than perhaps mentally because you've been in a rut for the last two years and you've been holding on to EOS and you really hope that something's going to happen and you finally stayed this whole time, good stuff is about to happen. A lot of good stuff is about to happen and good on you for sticking with the project. Uh, EOS is not standalone in this ecosystem that's been in a, in a bear market for the last two and a half years and we're starting to see this starting to shift even outside of EOS. In terms of actual concrete things as well, one of the tweets that I mentioned was a, uh, I don't recall the exact word, but a significant shift in assets like we've never seen before in our lifetime. Max touched upon that a little bit. I think that I'm, I, I'm not saying that EOS is gonna be worth $10 trillion um, in 10 years. That is a Max Schill um, uh, prediction. But I do believe that we're going to see a significant influx of uh, capital within the blockchain space as a whole in a very short period of time. Short period of time does not mean in two days. So please, again, give me a break. Okay. It has nothing to do with, with 
August 15th. That is not something that I mentioned. Um, and then I believe that EOS is going to be benefiting from that. And the reason why I think that is because people have reached out and, and I know of capital that will be shifting from one platform to another, specifically because of projects or products that are being deployed. And this will benefit EOS significantly. EOS as a mainnet, whether or not that has a price effect, I'm not commenting on that. However, if you've hold on to EOS, and one of the reasons why you've hold on to EOS and you've stuck with this community is because you believe that it has the best tech and it will be capable of handling um, whatever is thrown at it, I think you're in for a pleasant surprise because there's going to be some significant activity that's going to be leveraging everything that we've built in terms of foundations. And this will be like designing the kitchen, putting pictures up. Uh, yeah. Time I stand to by to those comments the that there's a lot of really good things happening. People are moving in. So just take that. I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's a good And these uh, are large enterprises. There. And these are these, when I say partnerships, um, yeah, some of them are legitimate. For example, we have a partnership with the University of Sherbrooke. That is a partnership. And by this, they've then essentially added EOS, not EOS.io, because what they have to develop is on EOS. They've added EOS as part of their curriculum. That would be an example of a partnership. I would say that that's limited in partnership. When that happened, you didn't really hear about it. We made you know, a blog post about it. It's been really nice. It's great. Part of a bigger picture. I believe and I know of we're going to see some larger partnerships that you will hear about and they will be significant. And if you don't think they're significant, nah, there's nothing I can do about that because they are significant in my opinion. Okay. Well, uh, the, uh, speaking, Dan, of, the Dan. Oh, speaking of significance, how would EOS take over the internet? The vision of EOS from Dan and Brendan, as I understand, especially Brendan, who's been mentioning this for a very long time, is that EOS is going to be essentially the spreadsheet of the internet. It's going to be this tech stack. You keep changing the windows. And so I keep, my eyes keep changing following the, uh, that. That EOS is going to be this tech stack powering essentially the, the decentralized database of the future. We are at a point right now where EOS is so strong and capable of handling so many transactions and so much information we have reached a tipping point where people who wanted to do things on EOS are now capable of doing things on EOS. We are there. We were not there six months ago. We were not there last year. This is not just one piece of information. It is where we now are, where I believe we now are, based on uh, what the needs uh, of certain people or certain enterprises uh, we're demanding, we are now capable of handling that. Good. And I, when I, I say the question. base of the internet, I strongly believe that the direction that we're heading in, and based on the obviously, because we're a block producer, we're running the architecture, we've redesigned the architecture over the last six months, completely from the grounds up on how block producers connect with each other, how we're able to handle that. We've even uh, shifted to diffuse, for example. Uh, so diffuse plays a part in this on if you were to be able to stream information and index information, the amount of information that EOS produces, which is roughly around 15 to 20 gigabytes per day right now, we are capable of handling this, we're capable of scaling this. All of this plays together. The direction that we're heading is that anything that would want to be able to be deployed on EOS will be able to be deployed on EOS. And a big part of this, the first thing that I think will, will be the shift that will, that will start 
and that's already happening is DeFi. We're seeing right now, if you've been following along Ethereum, there's a huge boost in DeFi lately, but DeFi on Ethereum has its limitations. Last time this happened, EOS did not exist. So when CryptoKitties, the, the whole thing happened, EOS wasn't there yet. So we weren't able to capitalize on that. There are a lot of projects that are now being deployed and that goes back to the USDT that I talked about. We're now in a position where there is demand. For the first time in two and a half years, there is demand and we can actually supply. We have never been able to supply in the last two and a half years. Not to the level that could make a significant shift on how EOS is utilized and how it could be the base of the internet. So a big statistic uh, that people in Ethereum like to point out is total wrapped Bitcoin on chain on Ethereum. Uh, that number currently sits, I believe, at 26,717 Bitcoin wrapped. It's like $9 million, really, no? Yeah, I, I, don't have the, I don't have the window in front of me, but you can check it out on btconethereum.com. They always have the live numbers. Mm. And we're yeah, talking about really DeFi. They that too, eh? They, they love celebrating that. Of course. <laughs> but we've recently seen an uptick, and this isn't a new conversation, uh, even during the block one ICO, they were talking about like big, like scaling Bitcoin essentially. And then last year leading up to B1 June, they really ramped up the scaling Bitcoin. And that's why people like Rob and I were like, maybe this is what's happening on June 1st. That's what a lot of us had expected. And then it didn't happen. And then you just, every, they went quiet after that. And then all of a sudden they, they turned it back on again. They're talking about wrapping Bitcoin on EOS. And then we'll get into uh, the Rao, the, the Rao pal interview and uh mm. it being out in the open now that there's a block one financial product which for anyone who's paying attention knows that it's at least something similar to an exchange if not an exchange in its own so what's up with block one's bitcoin how's the exchange fit in how does this benefit eos DeFi and eos network as a whole who wants to take that great yeah it's a great question and 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 they would have to be willing to build uh, the wrapping solution there, they're the ones that own over 1% of Bitcoin, right? Or a little less than 1%, I guess. Um, and, and if they want to make a significant shift and wrap that into a smart contract, they're the one with the ability uh, to make that happen and make that happen quickly. So let's say they just did a portion of it. Uh, you know, it would, it would quickly become the largest uh, and quickest scaling mechanism for BTC. Now, now the question is, how would that impact EOS? Do you think it's, it's reasonable that if you wrap that into an EOS contract um, and, and put that into EOS BTC, if you will, that you charge somebody maybe a minimal uh, SAT fee for doing transactions on the chain because maybe they don't have or don't want to have or maybe the smart contract just creates the ability to make these smart these transactions at a very minimal and very fast cost and then that sat fee gets pulled out in some mechanism that we're not aware of and goes back to those individuals who stake to rex or to do whatever the case may be if you if you remember and i forgot when i wrote this this uh this article out cpu is going to be changing here pretty soon over the next year we're deprecating the way cpu works and we'll talk to you more about that even a bit and pretty soon uh, an EOS won't have an inherent CPU quality to it 
as it sits on your own account, if I'm correct, and you can only lease CPU. So if people want to make sure that this smart contract on EOS works and they want to make sure that there's a fee associated in, in BTC, that's a pretty powerful mechanism to create value, to, to, to bring value in and keep value in uh, EOS. Did I make sense there? Did I ramble a little too much? Rambled a little bit, but I, I think there's we some have good we, stuff in there. There's some, there's good, some stuff. good stuff in there. So there, there's a few things to unpack here. And I, I think, so there's already wrapped Bitcoin on EOS. Sure, on EOS. There, there's P tokens, PBTC. Yeah. Uh, you can collateralize it within the Equilibrium uh, stablecoin platform. It's amazing. But there's not a lot of Bitcoin on EOS. And that's the impact that this block one financial product is going to have is it's going to be the catalyst to put a lot of Bitcoin on chain. Uh, hopefully it's more than just block one's Bitcoin, but we could at least assume that it'll be some of their Bitcoin. Uh, whether it's a private chain or on the public chain, that's to be determined. But even if it's on a private chain, I believe that they will have to have a bridge to the main net to, to transact. So even if it's on a private chain, if you want to withdraw your capital, if you want to withdraw your EOS, withdraw your wrapped Bitcoin or withdraw your US tethers, it, it's going to be withdrawn the EOS and block one as a trusted entity could run a bridge. They can run a centralized bridge because they're a regulated party to do so. It'd be like trusting Coinbase, essentially. Um, the other thing is uh, how, how this Bitcoin, how, how to attract the Bitcoin to EOS. Talk about DeFi, look at everything happening on Ethereum. Automated market makers are one of the biggest innovations uh, happening uh, in the last couple of years on Ethereum. We see Bancor, we see Uniswap, we see Muniswap. Uh, we, we see all of these. We see on, even on EOS now, we see DeFi Box, all, all of these different market maker pools. But there's really not a liquid one for Bitcoin. And if you listen to the Brendan Bloomer interview, He's talking about driving the value out from the middleman and to the asset holders and to the users. How do you do that? You could, one way to do that is through liquidity pools, like we see on Uniswap, like we see on Bancor, like we see all on the DeFi. DeFi is all liquidity pools on Ethereum right now. Pretty much exactly. it's all the same formula. But the where... more money you have in, the more money you can make. The more money you put in, the more money there is to make, the more capital you attract. We just need more money. And we're and starting to see the beginnings of this going back again to the tether. All we have was $5 million never used. And now suddenly we use $2.2 million in a day. The more capital we have available within the ecosystem, EOS is already liquid. But the more money we have within the ecosystem creates opportunities within this ecosystem for those who have liquidity to make money off of their liquidity. And a lot of these people that have significant amounts of Ethereum, of Bitcoin, they have so much. So when, when we look at Ethereum, like the, the DeFi that's going on, it's not a million people with $5. The big slew of it is a handful of people with so much Ethereum that they can't do anything. They can't dump their Ethereum. They're, they're stuck in the ecosystem. So they put it up and then they make the returns on that. And somebody's going to then go borrow that. And then he's going to make whatever, 20% off of it, but you're going to make 80% off of it. And it's called pyramiding. And that's a standard, uh, uh, I guess, financial product in, in the regular world as well. More capital attracts more capital, makes more capital. One of the big things that we've been lacking in EOS is capital. 
And we're starting to see the beginnings of this. So is it significant that block one potentially would deploy capital on the mainnet, even if it remains theirs? So this idea of deploying capital doesn't mean that you're getting five Bitcoin. Yay. No, the Oprah is not block one, likely not the thing. But even just to make that capital accessible, if I've got a lot of Bitcoin and I want to utilize my Bitcoin, right now it's very difficult to do. But if I were able to send it into a pool, collateralize it, and then be able to take then EOS, which then can be a useful um, token because it, it's fast, I can actually do things with it, I'd be able to actually unlock the value that I have in my Bitcoin through EOS. This is huge. This is significant. And very few people would be able to do that. You would need a very, very trusted entity that provides tons of liquidity. We've got that, block one. You would then need a network that is trustless so that you could actually null the keys so that you know that even the person who's owner of the contract no longer has access to the contract. So you would need a network that has enough value in it. So now we're talking about the liquidity of EOS and the market cap of EOS has enough value in it that is secure enough that it can't be overtaken by an external party. We've got that. That's the EOS mainnet. And this refers to what I believe Brendan was saying when he posted, if you want to bring it up on screen, the EOS is now ready for prime time. EOS, the mainnet, is the only network that is ready for prime time. All of these pieces play together. And if you do not see the potential that that could bring to EOS, like this is just another thing that gets me excited like a little kid in a candy store. This is massive. It's huge. We're already seeing with $5 million and only about $2.2 million um, uh, right now being available through DeFi box in the last week. They just transacted yesterday 850,000 EOS in 24 hours. A lot of money making and a lot of utilization of network is simply moving things around and people being able to capitalize on those movements and being a part of those movements. Having more liquidity come into the ecosystem and such liquidity with a platform, with bank backing, with actual the foundations laid, which we now have, this just creates more and more opportunities. And then this attracts external capital. What are you pulling up there, Shani? Sorry, I was getting ready to move on to the uh, the next next part here with relations to yeah, no, uh, I wanna, exchanges. I want to chime in on that rep BTC there if you guys can hear me. Yeah. 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 So I don't know how how you guys are going to hear me. My Canadian internet is really struggling right now. We got you. Um, so I mean, I think it's way yeah. So I think this whole thing is way more bullish than you guys are making it out to be because, well, first of all, Cheney, you Thank pointing you. out that that wrap BTC that B, that B1 would allegedly have is bigger than all the other solutions combined is huge um, because it increases the chances of that whole thing working. And why is it important if it works? If it works and it's accepted by the Bitcoin community and people start building on Bitcoin and, and use it fast, it means one thing. I mean, Bitcoin would now be a middleman for EOS people like in three, four years after that would look around and bay wait. Bitcoin is just being a middleman for EOS, the, the values in EOS. So basically EOS would flip Bitcoin. It's pretty much confirmed if that works. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right. No one, no one, if, if it works 
And, and if it scales successfully, I guarantee no one's going to go out and want to create a new BTC account so they can wait for an hour long uh, for six confirmations and wait uh, and spend a whole bunch of BTC to do their trans. trans okay. Would I you, still okay. have Bitcoin. I agree. Why, why but I'm I have Bitcoin? Four or five because years Bitcoin down the road. Bitcoin is still king and Bitcoin is still the most decentralized. To, so totally again, going understand. back to the decentralization as a spectrum. EOS is more centralized than Bitcoin. EOS is not centralized, but it is more centralized in terms of a spectrum. If I have significant funds, let's say I have $150 million, I'm putting in a Bitcoin because I want it to be the most secure wallet that ever exists, especially if we fast forward in the future and Bitcoin's still alive. If you're However, the average if Joe I want investor, my operational assets and my day-to-day -day assets, I want that on yes, something that's that, that's the thing. That's the thing. When you think about this, We lost you, yeah, but when you think about the future, uh, you know, I'm talking about a potential future 10 years from now, right? Things could change and the reality could be that EOS is just as safe or safer than Bitcoin, right? It's possible, yeah. And, and even if it's not, the average person is going to try to use and transact and buy things with BTC yeah, so and use BTC. And, and make it an actual currency and not just a store of value that I've got a lot of money and I'm going to put over here in my, my, my ledger. We're talking about making, making waves here. We're talking about utilizing these currencies, not just putting it somewhere. We're going to do that on some sort of, 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 of EOS. You know, you're going to do it on some sort of scaling mechanism. I'm not going to wait an hour. I know there's other mechanisms out there, but I'm saying you can create a new EOS account or get set up in some other mechanism and utilize it in half second times and have access to it so much easier than you can just using a BTC account. But it doesn't Are you involve saying that you need to access your $150 million at any given time. And if you wanted to purchase a yacht that costs $90 million, you're not willing to wait an hour. That's max, not me. I'm saying if I want to use it at the store and people yeah. are taking BTC, For I'm sure. not going to put it on, on a chain. I'm going to create an EOS account and I'm going to use it that way. I'm saying I'm talking about day-to-day -day transactions here. I'm not yeah. talking about storing massive amounts of value. That's all. EOS could be the Lightning Network scaling solution to Bitcoin. And I think this is where we're heading. EOS could put Lightning Network to, to its deathbed here. And moving on, we talked about, we talked briefly about exchanges. Um, I, 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 I took away your shared screen for a second. Uh, you leave okay. it up there when we're all going back and forth, I cut you off. <laughs> no, so. I hear you, no worries. You know, we, we went back and forth. We talked a little bit about exchanges. We talked about what, what it can do. We talked about e, not only EOS bringing scaling to BTC, but if you noticed here, you know, Brendan mentions ETH. And if you think about, and we, we talk about, there's no reason you can't wrap every token onto EOS as long as it's done in the same mechanism and safe, you know, safe and trusted. And you can do the same thing with other uh, as well. And, and Brennan goes into this long discussion about DeFi. Zach, you already talked about it. You already mentioned mentioned briefly uh, that that um, that Ralph Paul uh, interview, but the functionality to bring every token into EOS and potentially use that and exchange that and having having that ability to, to trade it and quickly move in and out of different assets on different chains all in one. I put decentralized here, uh, but someone pointed out to me some things that Dan has said in the past mm -hmm. regarding um, centralized, centralized exchanges, uh, that maybe my decentralized exchange wasn't a smart idea especially if it's built by V1. 
but he's talking about different measures that a, an exchange should have. It should uh, be secure. First deposits have three days. I think that's kind of old news because if you you have a hacked keys, et cetera, that doesn't, that doesn't stop you there. But um, data driven by chain could work with DEXs outside with the fraud oracle. Uh, this, the centralized exchange would be on a private blockchain. Uh, so that makes me think that, that I was I was a little off key in my my article here, but you're right. If these fees were traded with the users, and that's exactly what what he said, um, he said that imagine Block One launches exchange security. Oh yeah, sorry, but he said um, what do you say there, Zach? I, I I don't know what he said. I, I I what I'm one thing to keep in mind is I think Block One uh, through their exchange or financial product or whatever they're building, they could wrap whatever they want. So they'll probably be able to wrap Ethereum. They'll be able to wrap Bitcoin. Um, but there, there's like thousands of other tokens out there. And I just want to point out that with Liquid Apps, this is one of the things that we're trying to do is to make tokens transferable seamlessly. So that's the thing block one is not EOS, but they are a community member just like everyone else. And there's plenty of other community members building. So we, yeah. we talked a lot about block one in their exchange. I think it's going to add a lot of value, a lot of liquidity, a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of hopefully tethers. Um, but they're not the only game in town with these exchanges. I, I want to talk about EOS Finex for a second. Let's, let's put block one aside because there's community uh, built tools right now that are, are really making DeFi a thing on EOS. So I mentioned Equilibrium. I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I don't mention Vigor. Uh, Eve and I are both yeah. custodians at Vigor. Max is a candidate at Vigor. Uh, pretty much everyone who's lasted this long on the EOS mainnet that's active in the community is also a candidate <laughs> or custodian for Vigor. It's all of the people that have stuck this out. Everyone wants to see DeFi be successful. Everyone wants to see Block One play their part, but there, there's an original block producer called Bitfinex who, who uh, they launched it last year, kind of started and stopped. What didn't really live up to expectations, but then they got their heads down. They stopped talking about it. They built for a year straight. And now uh, there's some beta testers testing it. And Eve, you happen to be one of the beta testers. What could you report back on EOS Phoenix and what are your expectations? Uh, I can confirm that last year's launch was terrible. The product was <laughs> terrible. And so if your baseline is that, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's, it's a really good product. Uh, I've been fortunate to, to be able to test it out for the last week and a half or so. Um, it's got limited functionality right now and some, some limits, et cetera, because there's, there's only so much order books in right now. But the big, um, the, the UI itself is very, very clean. So if you're used to using Bitfinex, it's the same type of UI. So the, the same type of experience that you currently get on, on, on Bitfinex uh, is, is very similar, if, if not the same. It's incredibly responsive. You don't need to create a special account. You can log in using Scatter. You can log in using Anchor. Um, you uh, are, uh, what was I going to go? Yeah, so the order book. So it's a, yeah, it's a DEX, but book. it's a hybrid, right? So the order book is the order book of Bitfinex. Uh, but the experience is the DEX experience where you just log in, you can just you know go, move in and out. Um, EOS has a, a, a last irreversible block of three minutes. So to go in and out is roughly three minutes. But once you're on it, it's instant. Everything happens instantly. And because you're, you're dealing with a centralized order book, uh, everything happens instantly. So for those who've used uh, WhaleX, for example, so Nudex is a completely de decentralized DEX. WhaleX is kind of a hard hybrid where they also have their centralized order book, uh, which then has some advantages. And Bitfinex went that route as well. 
So they're able to leverage the order books that, that currently exist on, on Bitfinex, but on their decentralized exchange. Um, it, it's been, so far, it's been a really, really smooth experience, really, really quick, um, very intuitive. Like it's, it's been very easy to use, especially if you've used Bitfinex in the past. Um, and what it's going to do, I think, is going to be a very, very effective bridge for products and projects on EOS uh, that have been having a hard time, let's say, uh, breaking through the A-list uh, centralized exchange uh, that, that exists within the, the whole blockchain ecosystem. Uh, because obviously listing and being part of EOS Finex is kind of a stepping stone, let's say, to, to Bitfinex in some sense. Um, but the process is, is very similar. And so that's going to open up, I think, a lot of opportunities for projects like Vigor, who you know, have such a great community built, who have a product built, who, it is a functional um, you know, a project with a vibrant community. Uh, but because of, again, going back to lack of liquidity within EOS, not the EOS token itself, that's plenty liquid, but within EOS, lack of liquidity, Projects like EOS Finex are going to unlock significant um, you know, pockets of liquidity and opportunities for these projects to now be able to compete at the greater ecosystem level. So, so Eve, the only way that it actually helps, isn't it, if uh, Bitfinex starts listing a lot of EOS tokens? Can we? Uh, not necessarily. I, I would argue the opposite. I would argue that instead of listing every single token, which is new DEXs, um, a preferred approach that listing a very specific subset of tokens that maybe are more um, like there's been more, uh, what would be the word? Uh, not, not research. Into, uh, no, what, what's the word? Like more vetting, more vetting in those projects, especially if we, we, we know that Bitfinex has been going the compliance route, uh, very similar to Coinbase, for example. Um, and so, if we have that type of exchange, which is, I think, what, what, what it's going to be on EOS, it essentially like, in a way, like a rubber stamp of approval for certain projects that stand out versus others, like that vetting process, I think is going to be very powerful for some projects that right now uh, are not able to stand out as much. And so when you go to Binance, when you go to, um, you know, Coinbase or, or, or Gemini or, or uh, you know, any, any other exchange, you're one out of many, this will permit you to be one, be one out of a few, which then gives you that status that I think a lot of projects within the space right now don't necessarily have, whereas Ethereum does have that simply because the money is being recycled over and over and over. And the process to list on centralized exchanges, once you're, if you're an Ethereum 20 token, very simple. If you're an EOS token right now, very complicated, very difficult. I think that EOS Finex is really the first stepping stone right now that's going to be able to, to, to help us with that bridge. So, so for me, that's another thing EOS that is incredibly release. exciting. And Bitfinex is a really, really large player in the overall ecosystem of things. It's, it's renowned to be the exchange with the largest order books. It's also renowned over the last few years to be one of the exchanges with the strictest compliance methods. And so if you're able to list on Bitfinex, that, that means a lot. Um, and that's now coming to to EOS. Sorry, Again, Max. You bullish. won't be able to buy Yam directly with uh, with your EOS yet. I don't care maybe too much about Yam. To be maybe honest. soon. Oh, come on. Man. So that's the other thing that has me bullish about EOS is like like Eve. You said when the Crypto Kitties moment happened in January 2018 or whenever that happened, like EOS didn't exist mm -hmm. yet. 
and, and now we're seeing like yesterday I was on Uniswap. I spent $17 on a single transaction because of those stupid yams. If I was transacting a smaller amount, not saying I'm a whale or anything, but I was moving enough money that like the 17 bucks, it, it still sucked. It sucks. I don't want to give people my money for no reason, but Uniswap in the last 30 days, uh, I don't have the number in front of me. I think they spent $4 million in gas fees on Uniswap in the last 30 days. Imagine if that $4 million, that value is like driven back into the ecosystem and not just given to the miners. It's ridiculous. So if you want to have DeFi that isn't whales, like we talk about, like I, I know we talk about a lot of things today and like banking the unbanked is like a, a, a meme around blockchain, but it's a true thing. And it's something that it can really enable you can't bank the unbanked with $17 transaction fees, but you can. You can't do microtransactions on Ethereum. You can't do real DeFi. You can't do arbitrage. You can't, you, you can't have these high frequency trades on Ethereum. That's not a thing. Gas fees just completely remove that from the equation. You can on EOS and it's already happening on EOS. Yeah, I, I can uh, be a witness to that. I just spent $300 on a shit coin on Uniswap. On Uniswap, and I paid $37 transaction fee. So that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I want to go back real quick to, to B1 potential exchange. Uh, and this is going way back in, in, the, in the Telegram channel. Uh, and Dan was talking about B1's plans for an exchange. And this just happens to be almost 18 months ago to the day, all right? And if you recall in that Ralph Paul discussion, he says, we've been working on this for 18 months. I'm not saying it's an exchange, but we know it's an exchange. And, and one of the questions was, Dan, will block one exchange share profits with token holders? And he responds in a snarky way, I'm sorry, Dave, I cannot answer that, you know, going back to the, uh, to the movie. But I remember, that Brendan did say something about lining the incentives of an exchange or lining the focus of an exchange so that, that the exchange and the users um, values align. So we'll see there one more step down the rabbit hole. Oh, we'll go, we'll go on um, going back to voice. One of the things that they asked back in June 2nd, 20, 2019, is it possible to buy or sell voice tokens? Will it be possible to sell, destroy vo voice tokens for EOS BTC? This is Dan replying, it is our desire subject to regulations and jurisdiction restrictions. The person goes on to say, if voice tokens are transferable between users, what would the use case be? Can I send them to an exchange? Regulated exchanges may be supported or regulations permit. All right. who, who else better to have a regulated exchange that's connected to the voice tokens than B1? And you know their exchange is regulated. It's going to be more regulated than any other exchange <laughs> in, the, in the world. And I would even argue to say that it, it, when Brendan said that uh, whatever their financial product was in the works for 18 months, it probably has been, but I bet more so than the development cycle was the cycle of how long it takes to get these regulations pushed through and the correct permissions uh, uh, where, where their offices are located. So we hear a lot about like um, Shintai, uh, their big news for the last couple of weeks or couple of months has been their uh, their kind of journey of getting their, their monetary um, transmissions license uh, from Singapore. 
And if you notice on the Block One careers page recently, there's about eight jobs, 10 jobs out of Singapore. It's, it's where a lot of uh, this, like DeFi companies, crypto companies are, are locating. So it's, it's kind of like not malted, but it's, it's for its own thing. Um, I, I lost my train of thought again. So I'm just going to shut up. It's great. It's great. B1 <laughs> exchange is great. Oh, hey, let's let's keep going here real quick, and maybe you can spread some some light on this one. But we recently found out that Block One is investing in a Bitcoin mining operation, yeah. 180 megawatt, with the ability to upsize to 300 megawatts, and it will go live in early 2021. One of the most interesting things about this article is. Brendan saying we're excited to be collaborating with them to introduce unprecedented Bitcoin mining solutions powered by EOSIO. Any clue how one might use EOSIO to mine Bitcoin? Yeah, I, this one has me stumped. I, I don't really have great speculation. That doesn't seem crazy to me. I hope the speculation people are making is somewhat accurate, but I, I I don't think that they're going to mine Bitcoin to give away to people. I, I, they, maybe they are, but I, I don't think anyone's giving away anything. Like profit sharing is, is one thing, but giving it away is, is something different. Can you tokenize a mining operation? And then so you can like, fractionalize people... any business, really. Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. could fractionalize, I don't know, the mining operation. And uh, if people stake the mining token or whatever, yeah. maybe you earn a portion of, of that Bitcoin revenue. Yeah, they're called mining pools and we run them on EOS as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see hash that, that power, hash power on like hash power in POW systems is just tokens and staking on EOS. Tokens and staking on EOS is just hash power 2.0. Yeah, it's streamlined. So that makes more sense to me if it's like a fractionalized ownership and the profits or the Bitcoin being mined get distributed based well, on your fractionalized ownership. That makes more sense than just giving it away to EOS. I don't know. Oh, they wouldn't, they would never give it away. I, I agree with you. Maybe they do an STO, they do a, a, a token. That's fine. Let's, you know, let's just take this a step further and, and go back to Dan's comments from way back in 2018. Would, is it possible to scale BTC on EOS trustly? Trustlessly, yes. If you had the buy-in of the top three mining pools, then it would be as secure as Bitcoin. Dum, dum, dum. So I wonder if you can use EOSIO as a potential top mining pool to switch over mining Bitcoin on EOS. So anyway, just throwing that out there. That's the only only thing I can come up besides the STO token where you can buy well, the token and get a portional fraction of the mining rewards. Go, as far as the STO, I don't know what they're, they're doing with that or if they'll have security tokens on their financial product. I, I think it's all open uh, and could happen in the future. But I, I think with, with um, the uh, damn, why do I keep forgetting what I'm saying? I, I, I keep trying to like hold, so I, I hold my tongue. And then whenever I go to talk, I'm like reading the live chat. I got three, five, I got three monitors around me. STOs um, got you excited. Oh, STOs. Yes, yes. Thank you for getting me on track. Yeah, the voice, uh, right before voice launched, they posted a blog article. Thank you, Shaney, uh, that like talked about their path towards regulation. And it had their, their pitch deck from whenever Brendan and Dan were at the SEC. If you guys remember, they posted a selfie in front of the SEC. 
And we we're like, what the hell is that? And then like a couple weeks later, they posted their slide deck of how they presented voice to the SEC. And part of their pitch deck said that the reason that, that they, they need these exceptions or, or even, I might even be getting confused with the SEC agreement a year ago. But regardless, one of these documents said that they plan to do future like tokens what, and, and they mentioned that they could be security tokens and that if the SEC didn't grant them that waiver, that they would be disbarred from ever uh, deploying even a security in the future, like a completely oh. regulated security. They would be barred from doing that if they didn't get that exception, which, which they got. Good sleuthing there. I like uh, it. I'd also like to point out that uh, Block One, we all know that they own 10% of the EOS mainnet, roughly. It's actually less than 10% today. If you go through the token economics in uh, the voice pitch deck that's on the voice blog somewhere from last January, December, it talks about like how the voice tokens are distributed and guess what percentage of voice tokens that voice the company is comfortable accepting as their revenue model? 10%. So that means with their business model that they built from the ground up with voice, their business model revolves around them taking 10% of the, the voice tokens minted and fees generated. Well, they own 10% of the EOS mainnet. So any business that they build that utilizes the EOS mainnet, they're clearly comfortable with this 10% rule in the profit distributions. And that, that could be just a random coincidence or it's just the, the, the margin that they're comfortable with. Just throwing that out there. all quiet someone's gonna continue on. i like it here, here you go uh we'll continue here so question you, you know you said earlier let's just let's go back to that that wrapping btc and you mentioned the levels of trust and what you have to i love it there zach you mentioned the levels of trust and you mentioned okay well they trust the contract they know the contract and then everybody knows it's safe well there's another level to that if there is a billion dollars of btc on eos and you can take and and block producers can decide to collaborate and think that a billion dollars of BTC is worth blowing up the EOS network. They could at that point. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. So I'll also throw out there that I do not believe they'll put a billion dollars worth of BTC. They, they won't, but let's say we trust it in, in 10 years down the road. And that is a big honeypot and, and it happens. If and they 10 put, years they, down the road, it was a billion dollars. Then it is possible that the market cap of EOS at that time would true. be worth $10 trillion the percentage and the proportion would still make it that that network would be the safest network if we I, go along that line. I, I agree with you here, but a block producer that gets a certain amount of block producer pay may see value in extracting the BTC on the other side by overriding the smart contract. Just saying that's a honeypot out there. Well, one block producer can't do that, but not know. one block producer, but uh, hey guys, the let's network split would have to be overtaken. Yes. And, there you go. and, and the block okay. producers are the exchanges. They're trusted entities. Like but if the network is overtaken, doesn't matter what you do. It's already done. Like it's done. If, if the network's overtaken, doesn't matter what you do. So then that, that, Exactly. value that you have locked within the contracts, which is also listed on the exchanges, would lose its value, which would lose the exchanges value. Who are the network operators? Doesn't work out. Okay. Well, Doesn't I work. like it there. I like it. That's so where it's so different from, let's say, Steam. So, so the Steam narrative was always that these exchanges weren't part of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so they had incentive to perhaps come in on EOS. They're already a part of the ecosystem. There's no there's no fear of them coming in. They're already there. 
I, I agree with that. So all these 21 block producers right now today, um, let's say though a third party wants to come in and yep. do they know who EOS Flight of Mars is? So they're going to see that name out there yes, and go. Only Cheney Moore doesn't know who EOS Flight of Mars is. Apparently. Well, I'm going to say that IBM doesn't know who EOS Flight of Mars is. Sure. I'm going to say that Google doesn't know who EOS Flight sure. of Mars is. I'm just saying that large corporations, large entities that would like to build on EOS aren't going to trust these names as block producers. Sure, let's throw in Tencent then in the mix. Why do we only pick American corporations? I totally agree with that. Why so the question is, why are we going to, do we ever, are we ever going to see large corporate partners? And the reason I ask this is because we've had a lot of information here lately about, well, B1's coming into the mix. B1's starting to vote their minority stake. And they're looking at, at these larger pools and they're figuring out mechanisms and how they want to vote for the candidates that are out there. And Dan made a tweet lately about, about cooperating and collaboration with big tech companies. You know, so do you ever see a, a situation where the network effect or the EOS network or the, gets added value because we see some of these large corporations and I say trusted from a standpoint, trusted by other corporations, other entities, other people that would bring massive amounts of liquidity or massive amounts of use to the network. What was the question? Do I see a use or do I see do a, you, a, a... Do you see it happening? Is is there a reason? Yeah, and I point out sure. here, apparently maybe not a good reason for your, you know, your honeypot's not real in that perspective. No, no, the honey, it's not that the honeypot's not real. If you're saying... Honeypot's not overshadowed by the value of the EOS, EOS brings a billion dollars and EOS right now is worth 2 billion. That means they're adding 50% to the market cap in one shot. No, I don't think that's possible. That's not likely. But if you're saying that... Yeah, I'm I throwing was out a number. I but let's simply... say they're adding $10 million or $100 million. Then no, the proportion is not worthwhile to be overtaken by the network. The B, the BPs themselves do not have a fractional percent of a billion dollars or whatever the stake may be in BTC that they would lose, even if they're exchanges potentially, if they mm -hmm. could take out $100 million of BTC and go off to an island somewhere. That's all I was saying. But that aside, Large corporate BPs, large corporations coming on onto EOS. It's a new chapter. B1's participating. A lot of things going on with, with voting. Do you see them right here? B1 deciding that there should be corporations that are yes. that are okay. When and I don't think that this is this is the part I disagree with. It's not B1 deciding. That's not how this works. We're all players in the ecosystem. Block one is the majority stake owner of the ecosystem right now, or the one that has the most uh, as a single entity, as far as we know. Uh, but it wouldn't be block one necessarily deciding that they now in store X amount of BPs. I think that will happen naturally. So will it happen? I believe so. Is it because D1 decides that they're going to, you use flight to Mars as an example, we don't want them in and we're putting some, that's not how EOS works. So no, that's, I don't think that's how it's going to happen, but it might. Uh, so I, so will there be big corporations that would likely join as block producers or enter the race? Yeah, for sure. Why not? We already have large corporations. Why not bigger ones? Max, who are you predicting? Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it was always easy. It was his vision to have 
you know, revenue generating businesses of, you know, divers background as block producers, right? That, that was the original vision. And, you know, I see, I see, uh, EOS Brock Bruce is a little bit like Vigor Dak, where you, you mentioned probably a year ago that you want to pass a torch to somebody better than you. Maybe, maybe BPs don't want to do that, but you know, there's always somebody better than you that's going to replace you. And, uh, I mean, there's companies that, that are big tech companies that have shown a willingness to, uh, participate in the uh, public blockchains, like, uh, some examples, you had IBM uh, participating with Stellar. Uh, you have uh, Google making a node uh, and uh, participating in the hash graph governance. They even have a node in Theta. And uh, so, I mean, they, they clearly want to participate. And anybody that does their homework, and I know that these companies do, they're going to figure out EOS is where it's at, right? It's where the future's at. So, I mean, I definitely think that in the next year or so, you'll see big tech companies like Google and IBM uh, making block producers. And Tencent. Let's not, let's not be, you know, you know, multicultural. Well, Tencent's going to make a block producer for Ultra. That's a different thing, right? But once you make a block mm. producer on one it's easy to make a block producer and all you know is that a prediction well, that yeah let's, let, let, let's bring that up let's shout out ultra man they, they they did a great job at bringing in corporate block producers people that agreed from large corporations we saw ubisoft and they haven't announced it yet but it, they have amd all over their website so i don't know if amd would be a future one or if they've already been announced i, I max you'd probably know better than me well, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're seeing this precedent in other chains and like you said if you run one eosio chain isn't it easy to just spin up like another one? No, yeah, yeah. And it's a profit generating business, right? So why not? And I mean, I mean, Ultra, the, the CEO there, or one of the top guys, he, he keeps saying they have a Chinese partner with 775 million users or something. I don't know. I speculate that it's Tencent or somebody along those lines. I don't know. But yeah, you'll see, you'll see those companies, even Facebook, if you look at the structure of Libra, I mean, why aren't they using EOS? They're building their own shitty blockchain from the ground up when they can just use EOS IO that's better tech than they're using. And it's exactly the structure that they want to do, you know, which each, with big companies doing. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, Facebook is using EOS IO. <laughs> Thank you, oh, Matt. Why, why wouldn't they? They're so See, that's stupid. last year's speculation. Oh, man. yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's last, last year. That's right. You're right. So I, I think it's going to be something that like happens very slowly, but then whenever it starts to happen, it's going to happen really quick. I, I think yeah, exactly. One company is going to do it and then the rest are going to FOMO and it's going to be crazy. But I think we're seeing that too. Like before you get the big corporations, like the IBMs and the Googles and the LGs of the world, Samsungs of the world, I, I think you start with the, other, the big entities in crypto and those are the exchanges. What very large well-known exchange has come to EOS mainnet in the last couple of months. Binance. That, I thought that was huge for the EOS mainnet whenever Binance came on. It just happened to be during the lull when everyone stopped paying attention to EOS. But that's a huge, significant thing. And I have a question for even that is like, what is Binance's role as a block producer? How many, how many people on their team is dedicated to it? What's your interactions with it? And why are they only listing the IQ token out of everything on EOS? Those are all very good questions. What can you answer? 
All right, Eve, tell us very good. <laughs> tell us where. Zach. Tell us who's warm what and who could they be? No, so we we've been working with Binance now for months. Uh, prior to them uh, registering a node, because obviously they reached out. Again, if you're going to reach out to somebody, who are you going to reach out to? You're going to reach out to the public-facing people, and we're one of the public-facing companies. Um, and so we help them set up their nodes. We help them figure out the you know the lay of the land and how they could. Uh, how could they they could distribute their tokens and what they could do? And you saw that they joined Genpool, for example, which was quite significant compared to other exchanges. Um, and uh, yes, we've been working with them to expose or I guess bring value to and and um, open up the EOS ecosystem. Uh, why just IQ token? Well, that's one token. Maybe there are other tokens in the work. Um, yeah, I want to just cut you I'll off there, Eve. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll cut you off there, Eve. Um, you shared the picture in the Liquid Apps uh, chat there, and it was uh, Coin Market Cap updating the total supply for the DAP token. Yeah, which is that was very quite significant big. because we've been trying this for about a year and a half. Yes, I know so, that's not true. About about a year and and yeah, a year and a half almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, somebody is talking to Coin Market Cap to make this happen. I mean, and it's who's who owns coin market cap? It's Binance, right? So I mean, I'll speculate that whoever from Liquid Apps or somebody that's, Not Liquid that that likes the team or something is uh, trying to get Liquid Apps uh, DAP token listed on Binance, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll just point that out there that it looks promising. I have no comments on this topic. Uh, no comment. Yeah, I'm not able. To, I'm not going to talk about any of this. Actually. It's just pure speculation based off of that anything. Yes, it's just pure pure speculation. I can't say anything. It's that there's nothing to say. Clear 10x, folks. Clearly, I mean that's what you know. <laughs> no, not not financial advice. Uh, hey, just financial just. Advice. So we're we're well, we're an hour and a half in. We can keep going, but I just want to say at some point we should go through the comments and the questions from the. Sure, group. We'll, we'll get there. And one of the one of the big questions we have, and we kind of briefly talked about, we squirt, skirted around the issue though. We never really said, what <laughs> do we honestly think is going to happen on August fifteenth? Why did Brendan tag EOS? My personal thought is he's excited about voice. Honestly, he's excited about voice. It's going to launch. The only thing I think that might possibly be connected to EOS would be if they announced some connection between voice and, and EOS, maybe a hashback of some of the, you know, the content or, or, or maybe they go back and talk about EOS accounts. But honestly, I do not think that they would make some public announcement on the 15th that would overshadow voice. I think that would just be kind of silly that they would lose lose voice in in the other noise or excitement they I might agree. create. Anybody else? I, I, yeah, no. I so the EOS hashtag is the confusing part because it leads you to believe that there's something to do with EOS. Uh, the one thing that we everyone like was telegraphed and told publicly what's happening on the 15th is that is when global signups are going to open up and that's going to be announced for voice on on the 15th. But today. I don't have it in front of me, but today someone from the voice team made a post and they opened up the signups today. So today's the 13th. That means that in two days, what's the big news going to be? Because they already opened up the open invites. Everyone you can already invite people. Everybody's got 10 tickets. Yeah. Everyone on voice 
gets 10 invite codes. So that's something that changed on voice recently. I, th I think everyone already knows Maybe. this, but they went from requiring a KYC for every user, which uh, was horrible friction. There was a lot of critiques on it and it, it was hindering mass adoption. So they switched their, their approach and they went to a pr an approach where it's proof of liveliness, where you basically have to prove that you're a human being. They use this technology called face tech. That's face tec.com. Uh, they're a really cool company that does some really cool technology. You could watch some demos on there and that proves that you're a human being. But I think whatever you want to withdraw your tokens, that's where the KYC is going to happen. You're not going to be able to get your tokens off of voice. So as a second like check in this identity in this social graph that they're trying to create on voice that you need two things. I, I, whenever they first announced this proof of liveliness, I thought of all kinds of ways I was going to game. it. as soon as they opened it up publicly, I was going to try to beat the system and try to break things. Just this little chaos monkey. But then and I you learned, did, you put your little, little screenshot out there. As I your did, face I did the first time. KYC. I broke my but, camera. I don't know. I think what they're doing is you need two validations. You need not only to show you that you're a human being on the camera, but you need an invite from another person, which I think is genius because then you can kind of create this web of trust and you could start, if, if someone is able to manipulate and infiltrate the system, it wouldn't be probably on a large scale, but if it is on a large scale, they'll be able to kind of figure out who invited these people. And that's going to get into, uh, I'll let you guys talk for a second, but I'm going to pull up a new patent I dug up the other day on block one. So, uh, you guys can talk for a second. Max, I heard you say no about no, uh, the fifteenth. No, on the fifteenth, they're not going to do. Not really going to do anything large. Oh well, yeah. Like I mean, they've been working so hard on voice, so that's what they're celebrating, right? They don't want to, you know, overshadow it with some other big news. In my opinion, I mean, maybe they announce some kind of future plan to integrate with EOS, but. I think, you know, it's all about voice and it's a big moment for, for everyone, right? Well, regardless what you, you think about voice. I mean, I'm excited. Eves, any prognostications? I just got voice today, so I'm over the moon regardless Ooh. because I've been waiting forever. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, echo the sentiment, but I do believe they will announce something else. Um, whether or not it's big, that's arbitrary. I believe there will be accompanying announcements or accompanying news on on or around the 15th yes and that goes in line with something brendan said uh cheney in your post didn't it say didn't someone ask if uh block one was going to talk more about what their plans are for eos and he kind of said yeah so yeah so two two things and i'll, I'll get you there um we'll get down here to the general bullishness oh i went to the wrong one here sorry so just two things we mentioned one thing else I'll say, I said in the article that on the last time Brendan put a post on Telegram was August 15th, 2019. He left later, but that was the last time he publicly posted on Telegram. So he's excited about August 15th. I don't know if that's, a, you know, any relation to the SEC agreement. Maybe they had a one-year handoff. Legal was looking. I don't know. But you're right. He goes on to say down here that they're going to talk about their roadmaps. Uh, and, and actions of B1 as it pertains to EOS. And he says, yes, we'll be talking about EOS-specific advancements. And he comes on down. When I get past all these bullish Eves tweets down here. He says, looking forward to the next B1 public event and roadmap update. It will be key in strengthening the spirit of the community. I agree. And Brendan says, it's coming. Winky emoji. Oh, my God. 
-hmm. we're getting a roadmap. We're getting a road. We're getting a roadmap update potentially as it relates to EOS. Funny because they just said you were anti-roadmap. Yeah, I mean, so from the the time they announced voice, they had that FAQ that said like they might go to the EOS mainnet. That's their plan to go to the EOS mainnet, but there's no guarantee. And a lot of people took that and turned it into FUD, but I think it's going to be addressed of like, this is what needs to happen before we go to the mainnet or we're coming to the mainnet and like, here it is. And here's some transactions and they'll show us uh, what they're doing. And I, I think at minimum, it'll be hashing their, their blocks to the main that Dan kind of said that to Phil from Shintai. They had an interaction on Twitter and Dan specifically said that he recommends hashing the block headers to the main, to a public network. And he said EOS would be a great Maybe. choice for that. Yeah, I had that somewhere. You're right though. He did say he would do it, do it back to the headers. I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. Uh, you had some information on uh, some new and exciting patents that were posted since the last so time. So I didn't there. say they're exciting because they're patents. They're, they are they're exciting. Re- they're really hard to read, man. They're no, they're, really they're super simple. They're, they're actually very simple. All right. I will, I will steal the screen from you. Go for and, it. Whoops. I, I have this guy. All right. So hey, guess, Richard. Yeah. He'll, he'll come up in a second. Sorry, Richard. I'm going to kind of blow you up here. Um, okay, so I got a signee block one. I, I check this every couple of months to see what's going on. The most recent patents, so I, I blew the uh, whistle on the identity patents that uh, were made public uh, last year. But the new ones that came out were, um, where is it? Bidding on a social, bidding on a post on a social media platform. This one came out at the beginning of the summer. It kind of went with little fanfare because it wasn't too exciting. They just kind of protected their incentive model for voice. But these brand new ones, they were just published on uh, June 18th. And just because they have this date doesn't mean this is whenever uh, Google patents made it public. It, I don't think it was, but they have a new patent for digital identity on a social graph. And then they also have another one that came out on the same day, systems and methods for incentivizing digital identity verification. I'm not going to try breaking these down with you right now. We've already been on here for an hour and a half, but I do recommend you check it out. You can go to patents google.com and if you look at these patents you'll see who the authors are so the authors are already always on a patent or on academic research the authors are always written in the order of their contributions typically so dan's obviously first but then you see the second guy is richard b uh whitner he happens to be on voice as a lot of people are and he's actually written some really thoughtful posts uh the social on blockchain post was actually a really good post if you want to kind of understand how groundbreaking the technology is, privacy, security, this yeah, guy. That was an awesome post. Amazing post. Shout yeah. out Richard. This is yeah, yeah. an awesome post. He's the author. So everyone knows him as the author of this post. But whenever I saw the post, me being me, I recognized his damn name because he's the same guy that's on all of the other block one patents. He's on the, old, the other identity patents too, but now he's on the digital identity social graph and the incentivizing digital identity uh, patents. So like I said, we're not gonna get into them, but Cheney and I were looking oh. at them last night and it basically means it's the, what is it? The six circles of Kevin Beacon? Or Bacon? No, it's yeah, seven degrees of separation basically. Basically the first person gets on, Dan Larimer, we all know Dan. He identifies Brendan Bloomer. He identifies Easel Rose. He says, those are the people and we all trust Dan. 
And then we trust those five people because Dan says we trust those five people and that's their identity. And they each go out and they tag five people. And all of a sudden you've got this great network of people that you start out with one trusted entity. All of a sudden you pretty much have covered the entire world with people that you know and trust. If you say you trust somebody that's a bot and then other people start saying that person's not, you get dinged because you lied is what it boils down to. And that's where we go into the compensation model. They're going to compensate you. They're going to reward you for going out there and truthfully identifying people. If you don't truthfully identify people, you will be dinged. That's it in a nutshell, guys. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool the way they do it. Pretty simple. Check it out. And I, I think that's their long-term plan uh, for identity. I think that the first step is this proof of liveliness with the referrals and, and signups and things like that. And they still have the KYC. And I don't think they'll ever be able to get away from the KYC. If you want to if, if you want to take your tokens off of the voice platform, you're going to have to do a KYC. I, I don't see that ever changing. But the the digital identity, man, if they could solve that in a decentralized way, that that's something that would have to be on the public network. No one like it, it wouldn't really be a decentralized identity network and web of trust or social graph or whatever they want to call it if it wasn't somehow tied into a public network. And that's the other thing I'll bring up without bringing the patents up on the screen is every patent going all the way back to the identity patents that I blew up last year. And when I blew them up, it was coincidentally on the show is me, Rob and Mark Woods. Uh, shout out to Mark uh, if, if he's watching from block one now. But we were kind of blowing up that patent and everywhere in the patent, it says on a public network. It never says EOS, but it says a lot involves a public blockchain network. What public blockchain network would block one be interested in using that was not called EOS mainnet? I'll leave it at that. Uh, a couple of things, just looking at our agenda real quick so we can get to, get to questions and let people go home for an wow, hour and 45 minutes. Uh, right, voice launches is, is, is the 15th, uh, but it's already happened a little bit here. So, you know, if you want an invitation or you have trouble getting in, you can reach out to anybody that's already on voice. They've got 10. Tokens reset. If you're on voice, use them. You're going to lose them. Uh, they told us that there's going to be multiple token resets now through October 15th as they try to weigh weigh the mechanisms for how the, the tokenomics work. So we're going to see uh, multiple token resets between now uh, and the next uh, next three months down the road. So it's, it's going to be an uh, interesting time. Hope to see you guys on there. Make sure you follow everybody. Make sure you follow you. Go up there and give him a nice little voice, voice pump out here so he has something to play around with. People are talking about the length of the podcast. Didn't you guys know that this is the longest running EOS podcast? Yeah. You thought what I was talking about that was, yeah, hour <laughs> was. <laughs> hey, you guys thought it was the longest running since we've been doing this shit since March. How many people are watching right now? I don't, I don't see the 164 stats like live. I think we peaked at 180. Got, we're, we're- we have a, a seven-page agenda here. I think we're on page four. Yeah, I know. We haven't so, even gone through let, it. Let's go God. through the comments and the questions, man. We, we, we pinged yeah, the community. We said, uh, what do you guys want us to talk about? Why don't Cheney right. take the lead so on this? I, and- yeah, I, I did. I went out there. Well, a couple of things real quick. And, and it's going to kind of ask, too, here in a bit. Uh, is, is there any update on the new new CPU resource model? Any idea when Great that question. might 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 be implemented? I know it's going to be you know, uh, deprecate over time, you know, it's not gonna yeah. be boom, 100%, but any clue where we are? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So right now it's been deployed, uh, or it is in the process of being deployed, we're still tweaking the parameters on jungle. 
so with any code, right? When you when you start off with the code, for example, this particular piece of code, it's it has an iteration of 30 days. What I mean by that is in the new model, um, the rentals that you do, wow, you just disappeared. Your face went like in space. Um, when when you when you rent resources in this model. Uh, the, the time lapse of that is 30 days. And so in order for us to adequately test it, you know, we go back and forth, okay, well, what should we set that parameter at so that we can test and iterate quickly? So I think we've decided that we're doing that on four days on jungle. Um, and then there are other parameters, for example, to set jungle as the mainnet currently is. And what I mean by that is there's a certain amount of tokens locked in racks. Well, on jungle, that did not reflect the reality on mainnet. So we're still and, and essentially replicating the mainnet to be able to adequately test. At the same time, we have Kylin. So we've got two major uh, test nets uh, that have been utilized by the community over the last uh, two and a half years, three years, actually. Um, what we're deciding to do is if we have to, and we do have to, should they be mirrors of each other? Or should we perhaps tweak some parameters on one versus the other in order to isolate variables uh, twice as quickly and in order to be able to test and test edge cases, et cetera. So right now we're positioning both uh, test nets uh, very much aligned with, let's say, Western and Eastern. That way time zones work out better. People can, can, can communicate better. Discussions flow better. Uh, and then what we are going to do as a Yoss Nation, what we did with 1.8 upgrade is then every two weeks or so in the beginning, it likely will go quicker over time, but we're then going to join both test nets together and have a call where everybody comes in, talks about you know what's happened in the last couple of weeks uh, and how those parameters interacted with each other. So we're still setting up that web. Uh, we're still getting people on. We're still you know making all the the base adjustments. Once that and, and updating contracts, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Once that's done, we're likely going to be running this for a couple of months. Uh, what's important as well, and, and people kind of lost that. This is the first time, which is huge. People need to realize this is the first time ever that block one has released uh, code, not in a release candidate and has asked us to test it. What that means is we have the possibility of changing the code and, and interacting with block one and, and PBE seems to be the representative right now. They're the ones that are in a way coordinating this or, or helping the discussion move along. We have the possibility to affect the change before it goes on an RC which in my mind, I can consider that then an, as an alpha. Then it goes in an RC. If we go back to Rex uh, 1.0, the way I call it, we had, I believe, four RCs before the final. So RCs are like the beta. Once the beta is finally released, then we go into the final, which would be, let's say, I believe in Rex 1 cases, it was RC4, RC5. It becomes final. It goes on the official repo. It gets merged. In this particular case, we'd have both systems running in parallel. Rex 1.0, Rex 2.0. Over time, the idea, this is still very theoretical at this point, we're not there yet. The idea is that the liquidity will move from one to the other and this process might take up to a year, let's say. So going back to your, your, your question. Timelines are making this timeline, baby Very long and sorry about the, the, the baby in the background. <laughs> um, the, the timeline would be potentially a couple of months in order for us to get to a place where it's a, it's a final RC and then potentially up to a year for the system to be completely moved over. Completely moved over though, it's possible that within the first two months, the majority of the liquidity is moved over and for all intents and purposes, your experience will be the new experience. But for the okay. final, 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 I would say maybe a year and a half. Gotcha. 
Okay, thanks. Good update, Zach. The only Sorry, I got I got, I got a shout out. I got a shout out, Patrick. Eve always shouts out Patrick. He he uh, did the the paid tips in the chat. I think I got three Swiss francs. He's got a Swiss workshop coming up soon. I don't know who all the guests are, but I know Benny Hakak, the CEO of Liquid Apps, is one of his guests. He also has Sebastian from WordProof. Uh, shout out to Sebastian. I can't think of who the third person is. Maybe it's me. He, oh, it's <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I, I, I see. You <laughs> He's all the time. so forgettable. All right, that, that's all. Uh, I, I, I got. Uh, uh, I don't know the date of it. Eve might know it. But let's keep he, going through the questions. Yes, man. it's the twenty yeah, third. It's the only 23rd, other thing we had, Zach. You had an interesting tweet this week uh, about about Nintendo. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, ooh, you got them excited. Uh, they are now a BP, guys. Nintendo, you can be a BP on your Switch. Just leave it on at night, and you'll run EOS IO. There you go. You heard it from Zach first. No, I lost Confirm. it. So basically all it was was like some some guy. There, go go on the Everything EOS Twitter. You'll find the, the tweet. Basically, I linked to an old video on YouTube of some guy that put the pieces together to verify that uh, Blankos would be launching on Nintendo. So... And I heard this through the grapevine also, so this isn't new news. So I think it's, I don't want to say it's confirmed, but I'll say it's confirmed. And if it's, I'm wrong, then screw me, right? But uh, Blankos on Nintendo, I tweeted that out. I said, I can't wait to play Blankos on my Nintendo Switch. And guess who liked the post? Galaxy Interactive, the company that invested in Blank Mythical Games. And they were the ones who I retweeted. Uh, Galaxy Interactive, who's like a subsidiary of Galaxy Digital, they made the tweet about Blankos. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to blow up this Nintendo thing. I'm going to remind people of it. So I retweeted him with comments that I can't wait to play it on my Nintendo Switch. And Galaxy Interactive, I, I know like isn't an endorsement by any means, but fuck it. This is everything. Yes, we're going to speculate. And I'm going to call it right now that Blankos will be on Nintendo Switch. And they will have an interfacing with the EOS blockchain. Uh, if, if, if even only at a small level at first, uh, Rudy, uh, the Mythical Games blockchain uh, guy, he made a blog post like a month or two ago that it explains how they're going to interact with EOS and it's going to increase over time. But that's exciting to know that there's going to be an EOS IO chain working on the back end of something that's on the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch and also NFTs. NFTs on Nintendo, it's happening I don't know when because they're supposed to launch last year. I'm not going to predict when when Blanca is going to launch, but I will say I'm super freaking excited about it. And I'm going to I'm going to call that since Max made some predictions earlier. That way we can go back and say I told you so. I'm making my prediction. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Blanca's on Nintendo Switch. I will kick all your asses when it's ready. I'm going to one up you and say Nintendo as a block producer since they'll want mastery of how EOS works, right? I hope so. <laughs> we'll all be BPs. Okay, guys, moving on to questions. Uh, the first uh, first question, and I'm going to give this one to Robert Neil Schubiger. I hope I said that right, Robert Neil. But this is the guy that voiced uh, my post up to 140,000 voice tokens so we could get the word out there to everybody about what was going on. So thank you, Robert. Great job. His first question, I'm going to direct it to Eves. Anybody else can jump in. But I think this is your your question. Why is the EOSIO EVM running on Telos but not EOS? So I think he means the Ethereum virtual machine. I think they went out there and and, and implemented um, the Ethereum virtual machine already. Are we going to do that on, or the BP is going to have to do that? Is, is that a BP requirement? It's is not this, a BP. It's not. Thing. Anyone could deploy it. There Anyone could deploy the EVM. But it there needs to be a demand, 
right? Yes. And so if there's no demand, uh, I could deploy it. it. It won't do anything if, if nobody wants to use it. I can tell you though, that I have been in discussions with Ethereum projects uh, that uh, are looking at deploying on EOS and I have shared the information and we've been doing back and forth leveraging the EVM in order for them to do so. Um, and these projects uh, are located in, Swi well, one of them that I'm, that I'm referring to right now is located in Switzerland. And it also it happens to be a municipality. Uh, and so some of perhaps what I was referring to earlier might have to do with that. Okay. That's the beautiful thing about the EVM is technical debt. So in 2017, the Ethereum Foundation consensus and everyone, they, they, get, they fed everyone the Kool-Aid saying like, this is ready for you guys to scale, build on Ethereum, build with Solidity. They spent years building on Solidity, investing R&D resources into Solidity. It's not that easy to just start from scratch and write in C++. They don't have to. They could port their Solidity code into EOSIO EVM and it's a beautiful thing. And like Eve said, there just has to be demand, but demand takes time. Like the sales cycle on this stuff isn't like overnight. And the EVM was and there's just- there's education too. Recently. Like it's, it's not a one click button. Like I just, I load this, I click one button and it's done. There's still work to do, but it's definitely not as much as starting from scratch. However, for certain instances, it is simpler to starting from, it is simpler starting from scratch because the way that you wrote something for Ethereum, knowing that Ethereum couldn't scale and knowing that Ethereum would limit you in certain ways, but you wanted to do X and you couldn't, it might be simpler in certain areas. And this one of the projects that we're working with, it's just simpler for them to start from scratch, even though they have the possibility of porting and using the EVM. Because then once you start from scratch on EOS, then you unlock all of the features that are inherent to EOS from the get-go. And you're not, you're not in storing in a way technical debt anyways using the EVM. Perfect, so we, we got you there. So next question, I'll start with the answer here first and you guys want to, the question is same guy, uh, why do you think all these hyped up NFTs and NFT markets are launching on WAX and not EOS? Couple things, honestly, WAX is a five cent token, RAM fees are much lower, CPU fees are much slower, but uh, the founder uh, of WAX, Quigley, uh, it really did an excellent job uh, getting together. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, with regards to EOS, uh, we talked about um, Ultra. If you we talked about how they have a great team. Quigley's done a great job of bringing all these people on board and surrounding himself on the WAC uh, on the WAX council of people that have an interest in NFTs. Anybody else have a take on that? My only take about NFTs well. and EOS. So, yeah. yeah, there are NFTs in EOS. Uh, there are entities that uh, are leveraging WAX that are now going to leverage EOS. Uh, WAX was first to the party for that. They're a federated chain as well. We're, we're a block producer on WAX. I think we're ranked number two or number three. Um, it's much easier. We're told what to do. There's a central entity that says what can or cannot happen. That makes things much more efficient. Uh, in EOS, we don't have that, 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 the same, I guess, uh, uh, environment or the same uh, ecosystem. So it tend, things tend to be more decentralized, take longer, more chaotic. Gotcha. Speaking of uh, EOS NFTs, uh, Eve, have you checked out the Pixios auction house uh, lately? Yes, yes, I actually <laughs> saw it. That, that's a good segue, Max. Maybe you want to elaborate nice. on that. 
Oh, I, I, there's a beautiful. I don't know if uh, Cheney can pull it up there for the crowd. But, uh, I can't do it here. Sorry. Uh, it's all good. Um, and Blue, I believe, uh, made a beautiful art piece of uh, Eve LaRose on uh, in the auction house of Pixios. I think there's like three days left to bid on it. Yeah. So if you want to own Eve's, you have a chance you now. You want to own the first, I think it's one of the first collections of yeah. uh, that he's made. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, if you win the Pixios auction, you actually get the Atomic Hub asset NFT as well on Wax. Um, cool. right, I'll pull it up. Yeah, please go in and and buy them blue. Buy shout, out, shout out, shout out to M. It's amazing. Crypto, one it is of the most freaking amazing. Positive freaking people I've ever met. Ah, yeah, man. I didn't yeah. know some name. Yeah, EOS pre-explosion. Okay, there you go. Oh yeah. It's got music and everything. Man, it's, it's I don't know if you guys amazing. could hear that, but it was really loud in my ears. No, um, I can't hear it. Great, you don't want to. Uh, yeah, so shout out to M Blue and the NFT uh, gallery.pixios.art. Uh, and to go back to the NFTs, I think the reason they're more popular on Wax is because, well, for the reasons Eve mentioned, but RAM is significantly more expensive on EOS than it is on, on Wax. And even on Wax, until Atomic Assets came out, like the simple assets weren't exactly, it, it was creating like a little mini RAM problem. Uh, even with the Wax Cloud Wallet, it, people were running out of RAM. And uh, we, we know how, like for someone outside of blockchain that's not familiar with crypto, like how confusing it could be whenever you run out of resources. Yeah. So it, it's just, there, there's a little bit more friction on the main, a little bit more cost with uh, RAM. But just so everyone knows, uh, Nathan Rempel, I, I think this is public, but Nathan Rempel with Liquid Apps, he's been working a lot with uh, NFTs and basically porting all of the standards to, to VRAM. So you're going to start seeing more stuff like that coming out of Liquid Apps. And everything we do is open source, and you'll be able to utilize the DAP network to have RAM lists or very minimal RAM NFTs using the simple goods and D-goods standards. Uh, so I'll just throw that out there. Okay. This next question is from Juan Davis, Juan David Evora, and I'll break it up. Ask one from each of you. What improvements do you think EOS will get in the next year, and what are we trying to fix in terms of governance and at the technical level? So, Eves, you want to take it from a technical level? We'll let Zach or Max talk about government governance level. The first thing would be the resource model. Um, it's not that the current resource model is bad, but it's inherently flawed when it scales to level that we've seen it scale to. And the new proposed resource model is really flipping the current model on its head. Right now, one of the biggest issues or the largest issue with the current resource model, it's not so much how it's made, is that by default, if you have EOS, if you've got EOS by default, it the resources that you have access to are earmarked to you, but they're not made available to anybody else. So when you've got your EOS, you stake it, that portion of resource is yours. Even though you might never use them, they're essentially like taken away from the, the pool of resources. With the new resource, the new proposed resource model, essentially flipping it over its head where all the resources that are, that are available theoretically are made available. And then you then and go get your share of uh, by staking into Rex or by, I guess, lending from Rex, by default, the tokens that you have now earn you interest by default instead of having to proactively go into Rex. Now they're essentially automatically generating you dividends. And when you want to 
land resources, you essentially take away from your current dividends. And that's going to be, I believe, the, the biggest improvement from that side of things. And then we're going to continue seeing uh, technical improvements in terms of speed, single node. I believe in the next year, we're going to start seeing multi-node. Right now, the way that uh, block producers are set up and the way that, 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 that uh, EOSIO is, is, is coded, you, we really only take advantage of single core. And, but we've done so and we've optimized single core so good that we're now at the sub millisecond level for CPU execution times. We're now, I believe, in a position where we're going to parallelize. And we're not currently paralyzing. Certain actions are being paralyzed. We're using multi-thread a little bit, very minimal. Once we're able to do this, you now just scale EOS to levels and scene. Just amazing. Imagine right now if I'm using one core and now I'm using the same architecture that I have, but I'm able to leverage, uh, for example, 64 cores. I just 64 times the amount of bandwidth that I'm making available. We're not there yet. I believe this is where we're heading towards. So Very cool. let me, let's go back to an earlier discussion about uh, large entities or known entities being block producers on the mainnet. It's getting really flipping expensive to run a block producer node on the EOS mainnet. Like, no Joe Schmo is able to just spin up a node and, and become a producing block producer. I mean, you would still by the way, when we say spinning in. up a node, we're saying like spinning up like 25, 30, 50 yeah. nodes. It's not one thing. So how, how many like companies are there in the world? Like what, what's the infrastructure? If, if you had, if you didn't have anything in place right now, even, and, and you were just a, a, a guy who wanted to get skin in the game and be part of EOS, say you're a corporation, say you're an IBM, how, how much investment would it cost? Like, what's the, invest the startup cost to run a node on the mainnet as it is today running, especially with you guys running like the Diffuse Community Edition, which is probably adding an incredible load yeah, to your, to your yeah. needs. Like, how many companies are there that could afford to do this? A lot. I mean, realistically, a lot of companies can afford this. Can afford but it, but being with, a BP the, with the incentive to do it. Being a BP is a, is a deficit running business. You're not making money. I don't know what people think is happening. It's all on chain. You can see that through mining pools, that's just being distributed right away. Um, the, and, and the price of the token with the amount of infrastructure that's required, is, it's not a money-making business. Dan predicted this a very long time ago. Businesses will come to the mainnet, trusted entities will come to the mainnet, and it will be a money-losing business. But because they're trusted entities on the mainnet, that will enable outside contracts or other things that might then generate revenue. We're already there. So, There's no BPs and our colleagues that nobody's making money. That's not a thing. Okay. So you like, forget well, that we're, we're running a deficit in so, terms of actual costs. It depends whether or not you go the cloud route or the bare metal route. We at first were the cloud route because it made more sense for us. Plus we didn't know what the architecture would look like on EOS. EOS wasn't optimized yet. So, some people ended up buying, you know, uh, uh, Xeon Platinums, for example, and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that wasn't used because EOS couldn't use it. So you invested too much capital too quickly. Now we're at a point we're very, very stable in terms of architecture, in terms of, of infrastructure. So if you were to come in, you wouldn't be wasting the capital that a lot of people like us ha have invested in prior to or too early, right? If you're going the cloud route, I can say that certain uh, of our competitors are spending 30, 40, $50,000 US per month just on bandwidth. Um, and if they were to, for example, offer history solutions, then, then that, that, would, that would increase. If you're going the 
the more traditional, I guess, bare metal route. It depends how many nodes, how, how you're structured, where are you structured, you know, how much bandwidth are you offering. Uh, but it, it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get set up, let alone then the tech debt of how the hell do you monitor this? I always say that like being a block producer is not that difficult. Of course, you, you need technical competence. Not anybody can just do it tomorrow out of the blue. What's very important and, and what we focus on is what happens when shit hits the fan? What happens when the software crashes, when your infrastructure doesn't behave the way that it's supposed to and it crashes? That's where a lot of the money is spent is having that knowledge and being able to have robust infrastructure and in everything. So having backups of backups of backups, ensuring that when your relays are set up properly so that whoever, wherever they are in the world, when the rankings change, the block producer before me and after me is always optimized. So peer-to-peer -peer is optimized depending on where they are. We happen to be right between a BP in Europe and a BP in, um, in Asia. So we're like, we're going as far as possible both ways. So we've had to specifically architecture things a certain way. Not everybody has to do that. You might be in a location where there's two BPs closer by in terms of geographical, not, not physical location, but node location. So you won't necessarily have those costs, but definitely like, are you, is anybody capable of tomorrow just spinning up? No, there's significant cost to be able to do this. So basically it wouldn't happen overnight. If, if a large enterprise wanted to get in on this for whatever reason, they they'd Even be if a large enterprise wanted to, you'd be able to load the nodes, but what happens when they crash? What happens when Nodios doesn't behave the way you want it to? That you're not gonna learn, learn overnight. So I know that, that we talked about earlier, what if large enterprises were to come? And I believe they will come, but even when they come, are they ready to be a BP? No, not on day one because shit happens all the time. And if your shit doesn't work and somebody else, because they're all new, two new people all at once doesn't work, the network can crash. And we've seen glimpses of that happen when there was too much movement too quickly on nodes that weren't ready. They just buy out US Nation, Zach. They just come in, throw a billion dollars at Eves. And Eves well, we've seen that out. happen. We, we've seen that happen. Look at PBE. There you go. Bought out, bought out EOS uh, New York. I mean, right. So there you go. So yeah. Is that, is that a possibility for sure? I see that as a possibility in the future. Yes. And I think that that's, I, I, I've always taken the same position. I think that that is a positive for the mainnet. The larger the network grows, the more you'll want entities that are capable of running at a deficit because for them, that's not where they're making money, but that can bring other things. And we're already there. That's this already done. Like the golden days of being a BP and making money that those days are, have been long gone, long gone. <laughs> Amazing. So the next one comes from Shane, Michael Calfi. And, uh, I, I remember, well, we, yeah, his, we got to call this. Yeah. Call him out. I, I, I remembered this guy from, from Twitter and he <laughs> was, um, the one that had the great website called fire Brendan bloomer. <laughs> Uh, and it was up for a while and he and I chatted on voice. He had about a dozen questions. I picked it down to three, but I asked him a question back about why he did that. And he was just disgruntled with, with talked about community with the responses and, and the direction that, that the block one was taking at the time, but he says he feels much more confident these days. So good job uh, there. And as we kind of answered this, Max, maybe you want to put some more onto it, but what strategic partners do you think would synergize with the EOS mainnet? I think we kind of talked about that, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, I think quite a bit. All right. 
And I think voice. I mean, this I'll is talk something... about three, and I'll I'll throw a prediction out there for for obvious reasons. I just mentioned cloud costs and bare metal costs. IBM's a natural choice. Google, Microsoft, AWS, they all run cloud. Are they going to charge themselves? No, not so much. They've got the bandwidth. Those are obvious choices. The equivalent in, in, in China, I don't recall the name, but there's a, one of the largest cloud providers in China. If, if, at the, if where we're heading is a place where the mainnet costs more and more and more to run, which, which it is in terms of bandwidth, in terms of infrastructure, who are the people that have access to that? Those companies specifically. So I will make the prediction that at some point, those companies that I named and more that are in that specific space will eventually somehow come in the running. What's lacking in that component though, is will they buy EOS in order to be able to stake themselves? Not sure, debatable, but that was that would be one key component that is missing in this part. That, that That's interesting. So right now, it's really hard to get into a paid or especially a producing position if you're not offering voter rewards. Uh, if you've said about 90% of your tokens go back into the ecosystem through the voting rewards yeah. and yours with EOS Nation are all on chain. So you're not just making this number up. You can see And we're it. starting with zero, right? So this is what's different with certain people. They're starting with tokens. We're not starting with tokens. We're starting with very minimal tokens, realistically. So when the herd, as Nova Guts used to say, when the herd starts coming, how are the token holders going to vote? Would you uh, take lower voter rewards to have the biggest blue chips in the world running your network? To, it, like, it depends, I guess, if you're looking long-term or short-term, or if you're looking selfish, if you're looking for the value of your token to go up, or if you're token to stay at $3 forever as a stable coin and earn your 2 or 3% interest. We have a little bit of everything right now. So this is the... I, the beauty of the way that the system is set up right now is that you have your choice as a token holder, how and who and what level of APR you want to get. So some people are offering five, 6% APR, which like for those who don't know the maximum theoretical, if you're in the, in, if you're in the block producer position, the maximum theoretical that you can give, if you give a hundred percent of all of your rewards all the time is like 2.2, 2.3%. Some are offering five, 6%. Not they're running at a deficit just for their mining pool, let alone the staff cost and the infrastructure cost and everything, right? But that's how they add one of the ways that they add value to the ecosystem. Now, there are others like us who offer way less than that. We're at 1.85% uh, stable for the last you know, little while. Um, but what we know, and then and there's some still some proxies that are offering zero, right? And we see that there are token holders in. It, within all of that spectrum at various levels, right? And as the ecosystem has gone by, that, that system really has been democratized and Genpool was a big uh, component of that, where you now just go wherever you see fit. And so some people might come in, let's say a, a big enterprise comes in, they might say that they give voter rewards and other, or, or they might come in and say they don't give voter rewards, but people still would stake to them. Um, but there would be all of those different kind of levels or opportunities in between. And voter uh, and rewards. token holders might say that, like we see with Binance right now, they're not a top 21 BP yet. So what are they not doing or why aren't they a top 21 BP, whereas others are? We've seen people that offer higher than us, but they're not necessarily a BP. This idea that the only thing that is attracting and getting votes is only voter rebates is flawed. And we see that, that this on chain. But the idea that also not 
uh, not giving any voter rebates is, is a mechanism to be able to be put in position is also flawed. This idea that you're going to be able to keep 100% of what you make mm, right now is no longer really a, a viable solution. Zach, you may get rewards. Kind of in between. You may get rewards from Apple and, and Apple Store credit. You Perhaps, know, also, yeah. You know, there's different things that they can do to, to put on their books uh, that may never come to fruition. They can just have, you know, have some other rewards there that don't actually leave their pocketbooks like uh, EOS rewards do or voter rewards do that are automated and go out every day. Different, different mechanisms for, for incentivizing like people. Value, value comes in very different ways, right? So we offer voter rebates as one of the things we offer for value. But when we build tools, when we interact with the community, the hot sauce, whatever it is we do, those are also value added items that, that don't necessarily cost us something tangibly, but there is a cost, sweat equity cost or time cost. Um, yeah, so if you had an Apple or something like that, that could offer gift cards or, you know, 25% off. If you, if you stake in my pool, I'm going to give you 25% off, the, you know, your next iPad or whatever yeah. it is. Love yeah. it. And that way you're buying their product and, and getting an incentive. And we're already seeing uh, this. this. I just this want to call exists. out layer one podcast. It's probably Zach Quezada behind that screen name. He's like, Oh my God, you guys are still here. We still have 159 people watching oh, Good job, two guys. hours and 15 Good minutes job, in. This is insane. It's Smash great. the likes. <laughs> Smash the likes for sure. There should be at least two, you know, 150 likes. We still got a few few more questions here, guys. We'll be we'll, we're getting there. How will IBC compete and win against oracles such as Link? Uh, honestly, I mean, Link, you you got DAP, right? You got all the other sorts of things. You don't have the associated costs necessarily of, of running, you know, uh, oracles on on EOS that you do. But go ahead. Uh, well, there's also going to be entities. Look at what Coinbase is doing with their oracle on Ethereum. Like they're trusted entity. You don't have to have a decentralized oracle system if you trust Coinbase. It depends on your application use case and what you need that oracle feed for. So I, I think we're going to see something like that, even potentially from Coinbase. Coinbase could potentially even be one of these block producers we're talking about in the future. We've seen every other major exchange do it. And we know that somewhere Block One has a relationship with, with Coinbase. And I'm sure a lot of block producers have relationships with Coinbase. They're, they run a lot of infrastructure. They run their own nodes. They had problems a couple months ago and they had support from somebody uh, last year. They coordinated with Block One for B1 June. You think like they just showed up at B1 June without planning? They, they kicked off the rewards program. You could earn $10 of EOS on Coinbase. Where do you think that EOS comes from? Someone gave them that EOS that they've been giving out since last year at B1 June. Like there are seeds planted all across the ecosystem. I, I think we're going to see uh, some really interesting stuff. Yeah, I think I think Lynx is huge mania bubble. I mean, they have so much competition, both centralized and decentralized, and it's it's barely something special in my opinion. So I don't. They're know. not worth fifteen dollars a token. Eighteen dollars now, I think. Oh my like god! Seventeen fifty. Seriously, oh, you talking Canadian dollars? Because that's they, a different they, thing. <laughs> they increased in market cap by a billion dollars, oh, I think, in like eight hours earlier today or last night. God. That's why I've been working too much here. Missed that one. Uh, you got to okay. listen to the animals on Twitter. That's the secret. You listen to the frogs and mm. stuff like that, right? Follow the frogs. That's how you make money in crypto. <laughs> David Craig Schlossman from Voice says, will we see Block One put the RAM to good use this alt season? 
who says it's alt season yet. But when are we yeah, going to well, see? I when are we going to see the news of Ram? What is your time frame for alt yeah. season? When does well, that end? Well, I, the only reason I think they bought the Ram back in the day was before the 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 B1 June was to prevent speculation if they wanted to create voice accounts uh, on EOS or EOS verified voice accounts. So that's still my speculation. And whenever they announce or whenever they decide to move forward and create create EOS accounts for voice users, that was why I thought they bought the RAM. But maybe they bought the RAM to help run some massive exchange on EOS. I don't know. Uh, we still think that might be a private chain. Anybody else? RAM speculation. Zach, Zach did a good, made a good point the other day um, along the lines that if if voice token is on EOS, every user would need an EOS account, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there there's a way. Uh, you had a old Telegram message you pulled up uh, somewhere, Shaney, where uh, Dan was talking about how you could have uh, an EOS account that has like a flag, basically, that says whether or not it's it's uh, KYC verified or. Uh, he didn't say voice at the time because voice didn't exist, but in the token contract itself, you can control it and just say like, okay, tokens can only go to wallets that have this, this flag designated on them, which would be like a voice verification transaction. And you could have the tokens on the EOS mainnet and they can only transact between other verified accounts. And if you tried sending it to a non-verified account, it just doesn't go through. Like I, I could see that being one of the futures of EOS accounts as far as yeah. is concerned. Cool. We talked about this, Zach. You and I had a had a show back in, in February, right? They, they, the intent originally originally was to give US users free accounts, and then other DApps would be able to build using verified individual voice accounts to know that they weren't dealing with bots and knew that they were dealing with live individuals. And, and the value with that was that, you know, there's lots of reasons you want to make sure you have individuals with what you're doing, including UBI and other things that we've speculated on the past about why you need to know there are people there so you can work on um, not only UBI, but you voting proxies to make sure the individual votes on a proxy that person can't get in there and game the system and have multiple people voting on it. Um, so it would be a very, very powerful tool for EOS and decentralization if you knew that all these verified accounts were on EOS, it'd be great. And they notice here, we're not only the largest RAM holder, we're the largest CPU holder. So anyway. Maybe, so I'd be happy if that's something we got on the 15th. I don't know if it's gonna happen. So even if voice isn't like, I don't I don't know what they're moving to the mainnet, maybe it's hashes, maybe it's something else. But having that, uh, an open API, for example, that allows you to have uh, voice verified EOS accounts, you could do that from whatever private blockchain voice is running on basically you know that if i'm transacting on on voice you know it's me because i kyc'd or i did my proof of liveliness um from within voice if i could create a transaction where i basically just tell it my eos mainnet account and i say this is me this is the account that went linked to my voice account submit transaction because i'm kyc'd because i'm a real person on the voice private blockchain it knows that i'm the one that submitted that eos mainnet account so then within like some voice database, it could basically have it registered of all the voice verified uh, EOS mainnet accounts linked to it. I want to see something like that, whether it happens on the 15th or not. I, I think there's dApps out there and VigorDAC is one of them that could greatly benefit from this unique identity without actually having voice doing much on the mainnet in the short term. All they need to do is pass the data and they could do that by storing it in their RAM or, or just 
transacting it somehow into a table on the main net. Like I'd be happy with that. That's a huge feature that we don't have. True. You know, we, we talked about this a long time ago, but Brendan came out and said, when it all sinks in, people will realize that, that how big of a deal this is that social media and the EOS blockchain, in my opinion, there isn't anything we could have done to add more value. And what adds value to the EOS blockchain is bringing in verified users, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions potentially of verified users on voice getting on the EOS blockchain. And that's how you add the most value to EOS. I disagree. Anyway. I think you add the most value by market buying it. But, you know. <laughs> so let's, let's get to that, Shane. I, I know we've been on here forever, but Crypto Raider or the Raider Company, whatever you guys are calling yourselves these days, you guys have been posting a lot of content on voice. Uh, yeah. You guys got the block one grant. I think you got some follow up, something or other going on with voice. You've brought on authors from other ecosystems that are usually looked at as being maxis. You have an ETH writer, for example, with ETH experts writing on voice. So it, uh, Bitcoin- Oh my God, that ETH, that ETH expert, sorry to interrupt there, William Peaston is amazing. He is he's just he's amazing. Great. Like he, he almost turned me into an Ethereum maximalist. I mean, he almost. got Max to buy an ETH shit coin. For 300 yes, bucks from, yesterday yeah, it's a just yesterday shitcoin yeah <laughs> so no seriously though okay I'll, I'll just give you a brief update uh kenny's done a great job and, and sean have done a great job uh we we, we have uh worked in association with voice to to try to create our community on voice if you will uh communities aren't available on voice right now but they, they will be coming and uh what we're trying to do is create a publication uh, on voice and make voice the ability to for people to come and find their specific community and what what writer wants to do is to have uh, these we don't want to be eos writer we want to be you know everybody has a voice everybody can come in and, and find really good content within these separate communities we're starting out pretty small we've got btc writer eos writer eth writer and we got some news and popcorn everybody loves popcorn uh, out there right now and don't you know uh, we got great writers like max uh, we have bonds with nfts uh, we've got sean doing the popcorn and then we have all these community managers that are that are really helping us bring in uh we've right now we're almost to three dozen writers that we're bringing in working on making voice a good platform to find good content and we hope to ramp that up over the next three months. So when October 15th comes and voice opens up, you know, we're just just uh, helping uh, voice reach the masses and have a reason for people to come to voice. Yeah. I'm still here. Go ahead, Max. I was going to say it's important also as a, as a community not to be toxic towards those other communities, right? They need We need to grow that entire ecosystem within voice in a diversified manner. It helps everyone. These, the ETH guys, the BTC maximalists, everybody are using an EOS-based platform to share, uh, share this knowledge. So uh, if we can continue to bring other people along, it'll be a great exposure to EOS from other, other networks. So hopefully we can do that. If you think that you would like to join the writer company and be a, be a, a writer with us and uh, let us know, uh, 
please, please reach out to me. Please reach out to Sean. Please reach out to Kenny. We're looking for good content. Uh, we we want to want to get you on board and, and get you out there and and reward you for uh, for producing good content. So let us know. Appreciate that shout out, Zach. And thank speaking of shout out, shout out to Adriana from Cipher Glass. She said, "Great show, guys. Five dollar tip. Nova Crypto gave a, another Swiss franc. Uh, Zach Quezada from Layer One Podcast gave a five dollar tip a, a little bit ago." So thank you to you guys. Thanks for all, we're down to 146 on the live stream, but that's okay, man. We're two and a half hours in. I guess this is what happens. We don't do everything yes for like over a month. We gotta, we gotta yeah. go long. All right, so we uh, answered the Ram question. Next one up, and this one's for you, Max, one. specifically <laughs> at you. What color eyes do you think Rude Mud Crab has? And is he chiseled and as well thought out as, and is, is he as chiseled as as well thought out replies make him seem to be? You know, honestly, that's a pretty stupid question because every crab in the world has black eyes, right? So, uh, I mean, he's got black eyes. It's sorry, easy, rude. Easy, easy question. Hey, try, give us a hard one. Hey, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I will predict this. That motherfucker. He, he's he's a ginger. I know he has red hair. What color hair do red-haired people have? I, I don't really know. Don't they all have? Is there something yeah. about? I don't know. Red red hair, blue or green eyes? Brown. Yeah, I'd say blue or green. Good, oh, some red, I do. Brown, brown eyes too. All right. Um, we already answered this one. How do you feel about B1's involvement in the community over the last year? We can skip that one. Uh, this is from Con Oscon Crypto on Twitter. Can EOS compete with DeFi projects on Ethereum? Hell yeah, we can. Hell yeah, yes. Vigor hey, bonds for you. Vigor 1000X. You heard it here. 1000X Vigor is coming. No, seriously, there's lots of great projects out there. Uh, the DeFi, he's laughing at me. That's not financial advice, guys. Uh, Vigor is a good project, though. But there's gonna there's when Only people least Vigor is not just good, a good project. Listen, it's a great there, project. Sorry, no, it's not just great. Listen, oh. I've been there for months, and it's magic. I've never magic. seen anything like that. How it's much le how, how much leverage do you have? Maybe we should ask Zach how much leverage he has. I'm pretty long. If you know my public account, I'm, I'm long. Uh, I no, financial advice. We talked about the ETH costs earlier and YAM and, and kind of made fun of that. I mean, when you're trying to transact on ETH and, and you can't you can't microtransact, you can't buy a small pool of anything, 300 bucks, and it's going to cost you 10, 15, 20 bucks. You're not going to do it. Uh, you better be doing large scale. The ETH DeFi boom is taking away the, the decentralized aspect of, of, of crypto because most of the world can't afford a 20, 25, $30 transaction. Can you afford potentially free transactions on EOS? You know, if, if Vigor pays for the transaction on EOS, it doesn't cost you any transaction fee to do that. So just keep that in mind. Yes, it's coming. He's mentioned a lot of great things earlier with USDT and other stuff happening. It, it, so I happen. would like to call out a few other big projects. DeFi Box is awesome for liquidity pools. Shout out to them there and Nudex. Let's shout out Nudex. They're funding projects. They created a, I don't think they're grants, but they have an investment program that they're basically investing in DeFi projects. Um, there's someone else, who else is investing in DeFi right now? Someone else has a Bitfinex. A Bitfinex. They announced a fund. Uh, and then there's there's also block producers that have been uh, launching products and non-block producers also. There's that, uh, what is it, Alcor Exchange? Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That That's another product. So there's all kinds of stuff uh, in the works. The thing we're lacking is liquidity. And as Eve said, 
in like hour one, whenever that was, feels like forever ago, there is liquidity coming. And it's not just from block one, but I, I think a chunk of it will be from block one in a way. But I, I think there, there's more people coming. As Eve said, there, there, there's some whales whispering. Uh, there, there's some people that want to park capital. And EOS, I think, is as good of a place of, as ever. And I, I think it's, it's ripe for an explosion. So Colin also said, what, when will we see marketing and what will be done to promote EOS? And I think he's pointing uh, directly at block one uh, with, with that question. So uh, Max, do you think we'll see, see marketing anytime soon from, from block one? And I'll put this up there in the screen to share too. Um, well, I mean, if they offer me a, a B1 grant to, to go on TV and shill it, I'll, I'll do it. Right? <laughs> That'd be marketing like nobody's ever seen before. Perfect. I'll take I'll take a B1 grant to keep doing everything he has podcast. We'll do like two a week for a uh, block one grant. If uh, anyone's listening, you could email me. <laughs> we need to set up the Zach Gall DeFi coin on, on EOS and everybody can help fund it, Zach Gall with the liquidity pool. Where I could do it, actually push my DWeb coin that it does nothing. It's a shit coin. Don't buy the everything EOS token and on DWeb. Zach's fault. He actually has an opportunity and he's not taking it. There you go. I'm there putting you go. him on the spot. That's I know. actually his fault. So the other I thing am in the US, I don't feel comfortable with a token but i think i might man this has been that's so fun true. you actually created a profile and then in the description you wrote yolo and that's all it was <laughs> hey, and people invested in that token and i don't know i did all i right. gave you like a hundred bucks or something <laughs> like that on the first day man i missed these things, i man. was this, something this like 95 percent of your liquidity here, here you go zach you start putting a post on voice every week and once you accumulate enough value in voice tokens based on people asking you to do certain topics and voicing up their comment, whoever voices up the comment at the end of the week, you help do a podcast. In all on honesty, this, this is the true story. Uh, last, last year, when Rob and I were really ramping up the everything EOS, we were going hard. I had a, Rob really took care of this show from a Cypher Glass sponsorship. The whole idea was to grow it so that when voice would launch, we'd be able to monetize the podcast through voice. So honestly, like when voice launched and uh, the tokens didn't have value, that's kind of whenever our two-year business model kind of uh, fell apart. That, that was basically the long-term revenue strategy for doing this podcast. So I'll just throw that out there. Truth. I just had a, well, a thought pop in my head about the marketing there. What if, what if Block One does a Super Bowl commercial that's like a remake of the famous Apple commercial from 19, the 1984 one? We, we, and blue and blue already blue made did that. that yeah we know oh, right. it's oh, out there it's, yeah okay. go out and look at in blue's channel go look yeah they, he did that with zuckerboy saying voice voice uh, voice multiple times so uh looking looking at the screen here uh basically you know this was the first tweet here or the first telegram message there is from i think may of 2019 and that's when dan says you're going to see marketing that will be beyond anything seen in crypto before you market you need to have an onboard strategy okay that makes sense right um and then this was after june or this is right before june one well, our marketing has not yet begun and this is the last one here is right after june 1st and it says it is just beginning so this was after june 1st and then this was just recently, this was January 1st, 31st, 2020. 
marketing a technology, and he's talking about Ethereum here, but think about it. marketing a technology prematurely can set the adoption back. Is my opinion, there are a large number of unresolved usability and security issues with all blockchain tech that must be addressed before marketing users is justified. So maybe it's, it's you're right, Max, maybe they do some large Super Bowl commercial. Marketing has just begun, marketing being unlike anything you've seen in crypto. What if they just market voice? They just market voice, you get the voice account, you get the EOS account. It's easy to market. A, it's easy to market a social network. It's hard to market a blockchain to people that don't understand it. Just a thought. Yeah, and once they onboard uh, influencers to voice, I mean that's going to be exponential marketing, right? It's going to market itself. So they're already bringing influencers on. Uh, so Jersey Shani talked right. about what they're doing with the writer company. I've heard that there's other like independent publishers that are already onboarded or I've read about it and you can see it. Like if you look at Salah's uh, Twitter, he's constantly pointing out the fact that like small independent publishers are going out of business like crazy, especially with the pandemic and stuff. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I've heard from a couple different people uh, that voice is trying to work with some of those independent publishers that their, their business models are kind of being disrupted in a bad yeah. way. Salah talks about, um, Salah talks about, uh, deserts news deserts a lot if you look there you look at his post uh, on voice that's one of his main concerns so i i think they have a few influencers in their back pocket maybe that's something we could see on the 15th that'd be cool like yeah, the first big go. influencer with like a following of like 10 million 100 million like i don't know how big i'd be happy with 1 million make sure that they have no trouble bringing on 10,000 users in the first month before we start getting, trying to onboard a million users. Cause it's still not quite. It's not easy. Kink, it's not, not kink free. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're almost the end guys. This is uh, Nacio uh, Arresis. Um, don't know if we can answer any of these. Who's tequila? Does anybody have any clue who tequila is on telegram? And, and, I thought and that was Dan Larimer. Remember that? Mm, that was some, when Dan some, used to joke around saying he was tequila. Yeah. He's an OG. We're pretty sure it's not not Dan then. Tequila, no, join voice and 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 bring yourself out there. Uh, recognize, put put the tequila handle on voice and say say hello to us. Uh, when will voice same user voice have tokens have real value? Probably not until after October fifteenth because that's what they claim to be the last reset. So. Maybe as soon as October 15th, thereabout. Now, whether real value is one billionth of a penny uh, until they start bringing on advertisers and other people that want to reach out to the users, the verified real users, and there's enough of a market there to do so, I don't think that you'll see a true value. I, I have, I have to address the live chat. So do it. I, I think we talked about it earlier something that like livened up the EOS community. One of my favorite things I saw in the last couple of weeks was Dan and Hoskinson going at it on Twitter, back and forth. And then literally two weeks later, uh, all of the nodes on, on the Cardano, like Shelly blockchain network, it shows exactly what Dan said was going to happen with Pareto the Pareto effect. It's all like the iOS or IOKS or ISK uh, nodes basically running the network. But and, everybody has the chance to produce a node, Zach, even if it's a non-zero chance, just like we said, have a non-zero chance of winning the lottery three times in a row. So I, I, I was told to tell the Hoskinson story, uh, the Charles Hoskinson story that Layer One podcast wants me to retell. So 
Uh, back in 2018, I was with a company called ICO Alert. That's where I met Mike Finch, Rob Finch, and Layer One Podcast, all, all those guys. We're all one bunch. We were in California uh, for a concert, token, or not a concert, a conference, Token Fest. Um, I thought it was cool. We had a booth there. We sponsored uh, the, the conference. We had a booth. And I was like, how can we get people to engage with our booth? So I bought a bunch of these giant cardboard heads that you could like hold on a stick in front of yourself so that people could take selfies. I had everyone. I had Dan. I had Vitalik. I had, uh, I forget who else I had. I had Andreas, all these people. Uh, it's like 8 a.m. It's an hour before the conference started. We have all the heads laid out on the counter. Hoskinson is at our booth looking through the heads, looking for his own head. He doesn't see his head. He's holding Dan Larimer's big fucking head in front of him. And he looks up and he said, where's mine? And Mike Finch, Rob Finch's brother, has no freaking idea that this is Charles Hoskinson. And he's like, he just thinks he's a regular guy. And he's like, we don't have him. You could be Dan for a day. <laughs> and Hoskinson puts the head down. Walks his ass away like a little bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Hey, you yeah. know, there's a good, good, good thought out there. Why doesn't Dan put out a $200,000 bounty to get ADA uh, virtual machine in EOS? And we just, because nobody, it, right there. It, it needs peer reviewed still. Maybe yeah, nobody home. cares. I agree. No one cares. That's that's hilarious. Though, Zach. There's literally like no test net for smart contracts, right? There's nobody building on it, right? No, yeah. there's no smart contracts. I could. I don't want to talk about Cardano anymore. Than I already yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. But all yeah, right. So days. this comes from G's EOS or G's EOS. What projects are you excited about on EOS? I, I named all of them. I, I named a lot of them already. So yeah. I'll name a few. Um, I mean, I don't know much about US. If you yet. show real or whatever that fucking coin is that you real. like. <laughs> Casino coins, baby. I'm not yeah. going to you know, coins, but uh, I mean, yeah. I have a few. I mean, uh, UX network, uh, complete your KYC before the end of the month, or you might lose your tokens. On so what is what is UX network for people that may be way out of the loop here, Max? I don't know. I Like I said, I don't know that much about it. It just seems like a less scammy Warbly, right? It just looks like... Well, so it is Warbly. If you have Warbly tokens and you do not KYC with the new platform, even though you've already KYC'd with Warbly, you will lose your UX tokens, I believe. Yeah. I, I mean, and your Warbly tokens will be worthless. Yeah, and pay close attention to the projects that are moving there, right? Like Seed and Edna. They, you might think they're dead, but they're not. Um, yeah, and another Seed project. will grow again is what you're saying? Grow, I don't know. We'll I think I think you guys should pay attention to Liquid Apps. Uh, Liquid Apps is my favorite yeah, project. Thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. So. And uh, a little known project that I personally love is a blockbase dot blockbase network. Blockbase dot network is the website. I mean, that's the absolute perfect use case for EOS, and they're really far along, further than you'd think in development. And I don't know, I the guy Ricardo Schiller is amazing. I mean, yep, I have to I agree, Schiller. And uh, yeah, so that's something to keep an eye out on. My favorite projects, strong block. <laughs> is that a project? So, sorry, no. sorry. I'm, I'm hey. just shut up here. I'm, I'm in, getting in trouble. Never mind. Uh, you have a project, Eve, you want to talk about? 
Uh, well, well, one that we actually didn't mention, but Zach did try to interject, Liquid Apps. Liquid Apps oh, yeah. is, is doing some amazing things. We, uh, I mean, they've been giving out bounties. How many other projects are actually giving out bounties with actual liquidity, actual value in EOS? They're really the only one um, that really stands out. And they've got a slew of products, a slew of services, uh, and actual applications are using them. So Liquid Apps, shut out. Uh, Max is wearing the shirt right now, so if you're not sure what the logo is, just look at Max. Whoa. Uh, and then Vig, we mentioned Vig a couple of times. Other as well. side. That's... Uh, Max, you have, right. a, you, have a, you have the bag in the background too, little Easter egg yeah, on the couch. Yeah, I can see it on the couch. That was supposed to be a subliminal message. Uh, She's better no, than I mean, and then Zach is a part of the project. So I mean, there's a lot of really good people that are part of that project, and there's there's potentially some good news coming out of the project soon. I, that's truth. Always good stuff. But as far as the bounties, yeah, if you're an enterprising developer, like, and you want to make a living or just even a part-time gig living on blockchain technology, like these bounties are available. Uh, like if there, there's several of them, liquid store, like there, you can build oracles with, you can connect chain link to the EOS main that, which will it, probably be good if you're like in the link army, link Marines, whatever they're called. Uh, you could set that up. We got liquid storage. I think we have usage grants. Uh, we just had the Reddit bounty, which EOS Nation was part of, uh, is part of. Uh, but yeah, we'll have more on that. I got a bunch of liquid apps content coming out over the next month. That's why I wanted to get this episode out because I'm going to be slammed for the next couple weeks. We'll have, we'll have probably two videos a week coming out leading up to something exciting that we have going on in the very near future. I like it. Maybe we'll be back in a couple of weeks with what actually happened on August 15th. We'll see how we've done. Uh, guys, is we made it. We Did made it? it. We made it through every Almost one of the questions that I mark. pulled it's off. It's kind of a shame we didn't even go to the full three hours. I, 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 I mean, can go back. I, I actually took a lot of those questions and threw them out the window here. So I knew we were going to be long. I can go grab more questions the, if you want to make this... it 18 minutes. This whole show reminded me of the old uh, EOS radios, and it's great that Eve was on here. Uh, shout out to Ash Oro, now known as Ash Whitener, uh, Block One. Uh, so there's no more EOS radios since he. Uh, and Zane. You got to give Zane. a shout out to Zane as yeah, well. Yeah, of course, Zane. Zane's still part of the community. So I still talk to Zane. I don't really see Ash as much anymore because he had to kind of pull the, the fade act whenever he uh, joined. Um, I have nothing else, guys. I have everything I wanted to say here. I got more questions if you want them. Has, has anybody reached out to Peter Till about integrating EOS with PayPal or Venmo? There's your Peter Till connection you always want to go out with, Zach. Uh, I think we'll see some. I don't know what, though. Like he, Block One's been very quiet with like his involvement. And like he's so such a big entity that he could potentially be making investments through his funds that he's not like directly involved with because he's he's invested in like hundreds of projects so i really don't know his involvement uh so it's really hard to speculate on i think only like the block one board probably knows i'd be interested if he is on the board i i have no like that's something i've never heard a leak on is anything that involves peter Thiel. i just like to talk about because it it's like my hope and dream one of the other questions we didn't go over, but maybe Eves can talk about it, bonds and, and the long-term uh, yeah. different levels that we were talking about when Dan talked about staking for one year and three years and five years and 10 years. Have we seen any type of movement in that direction? Yes, yes that's a really good question. When you, when you talked about earlier, what are the uh, potential changes to come within the next year? Uh, and I touched upon the resource model 
Um, I touched upon something else and now it now it escapes me. Uh, but bonds. Uh, so the the bonds were also key to the resource model in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I do believe that we're going to be, and we, we've already, we've internally been testing out bonds and testing out kind of general idea of how this works. We've been running out the, the theory and, and the actual code and, and formulas to see how they would react uh, for a very long time now. And I, I foresee that they will be coming out uh, and we're big supporters of those. And that may or may not be a part of the resource system. I'm not speculating here. I'm, I'm literally not, I'm, I'm, I believe that it might be a component to that. Uh, and I believe that, um, yeah, we're going to see in the next, let's say six months, that's, that's possibly going to be something that's going to be ramping up. With yeah. the new resource model, in addition to these potential bonds, do you envision the utility of the EOS token, like feeling and looking and being completely different than it was originally whenever the uh, network? What I've been saying for those who actually follow me in, in, in channels that I do uh, speak out more so, and one of them would be, I guess, the Bainnet BP channel, uh, because it's it comprised of the other BPs. But at this point, I think there's five, 600 people in that channel. Um, what I believe is going to happen is that the narrative around the EOS token was very much so your token gives you access to resources. And so it was a resource token. I believe that the shift that we are seeing is that EOS will become a value token. And the bonds and the resource model are, are key components of this. And so the narrative will no longer be as much you own... It, you own a certain amount of EOS and it gives you access to the resources on the network. It will be, you own EOS and it's got value. It's a value token. So pretty soon people will be able to pay for a month's supply of, of uh, CPU with a credit card. I like it. No comment. I'm not even trying to take that question. Hey, it's got no utility anymore. Let's just go ahead and start paying well, for no, all there, these transactions. There is a utility, so there's still a utility. It's a value the, token, Eve. It's a value token, yeah. Well, what we're trying to do, a big component of things is that the we we've noticed, and this is no no secret or anything like that. The the UX on EOS is very challenging. It's actually it really yeah, hard for users. Big, all right, and and the resources component of things because people will use. We don't. We shouldn't use, and we we don't use free resources or free free transactions. That's not a thing. It was fee-less transactions. Somebody for some reason added an R in there, so they're fee-less transactions, and they are fee-less transactions. But the interaction with the blockchain for that in the very beginning was quite clunky. I mean, when EOS launched, we didn't even have a wallet, and so you were interacting using uh, either uh, a Node.js direct uh, EOS directly, or you were using. Uh, the EOSC tool, for example, from EOS Canada. Over time, we've now built the tools and we've been able to, at this point, if you're still paying for resources to use your EOS account, uh, you're doing things, you know, I mean, they're, you're, you're doing things wrong. There are multiple portals, most of the wallets, most of the block explorers, they all pay for you, right? But the concept of resources are still very much present for developers. My opinion and what I believe we're, we're heading towards and we're going to be facilitating this, and we're, we're specifically building things out for this EOS Nation, is that not only will resources be abstracted away from the end user, but they'll be abstracted away from the developer so that the end user will be two levels removed of what resources are. 
resources still exist though. Just because we have a yeah. new resource model doesn't mean that we now have an infinite amount of CPU bandwidth, et cetera. They'll still exist. They'll just be abstracted away from the users and more so from the developers. So that your the developer, it was always said that the idea is that the developer should focus on developing and that EOS itself is kind of the, let's say, SL, SS, S, S, SL protocol layer of the internet where you no longer need to take care of security. Well, now we're going to abstract that further. Well, you also don't need to take care of resources of what a blockchain is. And that's just going to be abstracted away from you. And you're going to have these middle layer solutions. Uh, and, and some already exist, for example, gray mass fuel. Those are just going to expand further. Uh, and we're going to see integration with the resource model that's being worked on. So that really expands everything. And I believe that the bonds, the pools are a key component of that. And the bonds in the pools are a key component of EOS becoming a value token. And to add to that, um, I don't remember everything about the bonds, but I think the longest one proposed is like a 10-year bond. Yeah. I want to go back to if the enterprises decided it was the right time to want to join the EOS public network, they wouldn't have to invest a ton of money. It'd still be a significant amount of money, but they wouldn't have to invest as much for vote power if they're willing to lock up their tokens in the 10-year bond. The multiplier effect. Mm-hmm. For longer term lockup, right? Yeah, basically, the less people in the pool, the the more vote power that that pool would have was how it was proposed. I'm not gonna elaborate too much because I haven't read it in a long time. We... Uh, the bond pools may no longer be tied to voting. Okay, that may not happen, but it doesn't remove the base premise of what the bonds do and in, in terms of value and, and dividends etc mm. okay i thought the premise was those that are willing to lock up their tokens for a longer period of time have more incentive to vote properly to ensure that that longer period of time their their tokens are protected that was mm. the emphasis to begin with right perhaps but at the same time it's all about money now and it always was we just shied away from talking about it money money how long you 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 stake in is how much money you're gonna have access from the network from the from the pools basically. Yeah, I think this is pretty bold. Now again, this is all crazy. like it's not fully coded yet. This is just the direction that I see that we are heading. I would just like to add that when we started the show, we don't usually talk about price on the show. When we started the show, we're at three dollar EOS, and now we're at three dollar and fourteen cent EOS. We're worth fourteen cents, everybody. Hey, hey for it's every, not I'm just kidding. Yeah, 3%, that's 1%. No, wait, 15 cents. Yeah, man, we've done a great job here. I mean, I don't five, think it was five, us. 5% in three hours. We just got to keep going, guys. We got to do uh, it for the community. I think everything's up. I don't think it was us. Oh, yeah, every time up. you smash the like, it Yo's price goes up by a fraction <laughs> of a penny. Oh, God. All right, we're down to 131 watching now. We, we, we're kind of Board everything. people's getting tired of us, guys. We did good, though. We're nine minutes out from three hours. Anything else? I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, quickly in the projects I like, I really wanted to just shout out to MN8. Hey, you're <laughs> right. You're... People are sending max tokens on the DL, like, hey, yeah, shout yeah. this project out. <laughs> oh, just somebody, I think it was Rube McCrab or somebody in the chat or that uh, said that, you know, MA is one to watch out for, right? They keep pumping out amazing news that nobody's paying attention to. They have Dead Mouse, like they're doing he, stuff. I don't know. It's pretty. And Dead Mouse is onboarding all of the artists, uh, like that he works with, on there, right? 
Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead mouse is legit. Hey, you know, I hope your baby's still okay, man. It stopped crying. You haven't changed its diaper in two hours. You said you said you were gonna be right back. Uh, ease. When when are we gonna be able to use YubiKey? When when is that? It's been a year and two months since we got the YubiKey at at B1 June. As far as I know, we can't really utilize it much yet on EOS. Uh, correct, and I don't have an answer for that. Okay. All right, I have a question. I have no idea of the answer. So a long time ago, before the mainnet launched, or even after the mainnet launched, we were like looking at like when B1 wallet. Is there ever going to be a B1 wallet in any capacity, or or is it they open sourced their library for the authenticator library last year? Is that the end of it, or will we see a block one or voice or any future product branded wallet? Voice is going to be a wallet, Zach. Okay. Think about it. Sure. I mean, seed, you hold tokens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, voice is how you, it's just like a, a, a going to be essentially a MetaMask. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're getting into voice to get your voice tokens. That's a stretch, but I'm just throwing that out there. All right. I think uh, we got to close her out and uh, wrap her up with a uh, Go EOS, boys. Anything else we got to cover? <sighs> Man. People in the chat are saying they need drinks now, so maybe that's that's what we should all go do. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah yes, sir. It was sir. fun, you guys. Here earlier, there, Max. <laughs> you're on number yeah, three already. Yeah, yeah, and you kept turning your camera off yeah, every yeah. time you run into the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, now I need my. Uh, I need. No, I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Canada. It's cool. Yeah, it's uh, cool. No. <laughs> all right. Shall we end it up with a with a go EOS? I think we should. I think we do it on a. Uh, on a uh, How many people are are still watching? We should. One hundred and twenty-seven. Wow. So so everybody listening at home, we we can't see you, but you should. I mean, you you guys are and, and girls are truly EOS, you know, pioneers oh, and, and and supporters. We should all do the Go EOS together. They're they're doing it. They're doing <laughs> it. Channel. It's starting. And I just saw Onesis in here. Shout out Dante and the Onesis team. Shout out Hotto God. That was a sick trailer that they put out. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's a new game that will be deploying on Wax shortly. Oh, we're back up to 132, guys. We're bringing them back. They're coming back in for the Go They're coming back to do the Go Nice. It's everyone. They're doing it. They're coming back in to try to watch the damn episode from the beginning, and we're still here talking three hours later. All right. Who's going to lead us off? All right, guys. Until next time, I am Zach Gall. I am Cheney Moore. I'm Max. Still. <laughs> and I'm Yves LaRose. And this, and this is, is Everything, everything EOS. EOS. Go, Go EOS! EOS! EOS. <laughs> Bye, guys.